millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Lloyd, are you there? Can you hear me, sir? I'm here. I can hear you. Okay, excellent. We've got you on screen now for the audience. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Sure. Happy to be here. Excellent. So uh, your case has the uh, Patriot world in a tailspin. People are very excited about it. Uh, I try not to be too hyperbolic when I said on the thumbnail that this has the potential to change everything, has certainly potential to change a lot. Um, Now, I would like to uh, talk before we get into the specifics of the case. I guess I want to know a little bit more about you in particular, um, because you and your brothers uh, uh, have have put together a number of cases. But this is the one that made it to the Supreme Court. Where did this all begin for you? Okay, this began when uh, Barack Obama told the world that the Constitution was fundamentally flawed, mm-hmm. and that motivated me to read the Constitution. And, you know, when you hear it, and you know that he's just defaming the Constitution, you feel one way. But when you open the Constitution up and you go to Article 2, Section 1, last paragraph, and you see the oath that he swore, that he swore to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States, you see that he's violating his oath on national television. Yes. So that motivated me to get going and study the Constitution. So I was doing that for the last several years. My brother Darren was motivated to sue banks because of the damage that he felt like the banks were causing everyone with the subprime mortgage bundling in the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. So he got involved in that. And uh, my other brother, I have two other brothers. Uh, Gaynor is the one that runs the studio and video and is playing his trumpet better than he ever has, telling us we need to get busy in practice. And, uh, <laughs> and then Roland is just a genius programmer and strategist and a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but not professionally. <laughs> well, you got to have a sense of humor when it comes to this stuff, because uh, yeah. otherwise it'd drive you, you, you really mad. Do. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. You have to just smile and, and just take what comes and do the best you can to, you know, handle the opportunities when they arise. All right. So uh, why do you believe that it's your case in particular that has made it as far as it has? Well, first of all, it's not about the election. It's not yes. about voter fraud. It's it's a totally different kind of a case. It's uh, it's about a national security breach. And uh, the Supreme Court even characterized it as such because – if you've been watching any of the videos, we were stuck in the 10th Circuit Court. We actually launched two federal cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, my case, I started first as the plaintiff, and then Roland, we got his going as well. Mine got stuck in federal court, so I took the federal court to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals with a petition for the mandamus, and uh, they didn't help us. So we took both courts to the state court, and after we went through the rounds there, 
they unblocked my case, filed it for me, and then they actually issued 388 summonses. Our premise was that we have a constitutional protected right, and they have an oath to protect that right for for petition for redress of grievances and to uh, to for due process. So that's still alive. That case is still alive. And uh, my brother's case is now at the Supreme Court. It got stuck in the Tenth Circuit. He wanted to start in state court, you know, but that's fine. So we started in state court. The U.S. attorneys moved it to federal court, which was fine. And we knew that they were going to file motions to dismiss and probably prevail, and that was fine because our goal, we didn't start this, you know, thinking, oh, they're going to toss it, we're going to quit. No, we started this knowing that they would probably uh, dismiss it, and then we would take it to the Supreme Court after we satisfied get the decisions from the lower courts, which is only two, federal court and the Tenth Circuit. Mm-hmm. So the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, we're waiting for them to make a decision, go ahead and uphold the dismissal so we can move it to the Supreme Court. And they sit on it for four months. And so we got pretty frustrated with that. And uh, we found a way to uh, bypass uh, having to wait for them. And so it was Rule 11 of the U.S. Supreme Court. So we filed a special petition under rule, their Rule 11, which means if they accept it, they're accepting it without getting a final decision from the Tenth Circuit, which means if they accept it, if they docket it, then they are categorizing it. They're, they're qualifying it as a, as a, a national emergency. So we got that off to them, and five days after we mailed it overnight, we received a phone call. My brother received a phone call from the Supreme Court, and he was pretty excited to see on the caller ID, United States Supreme Court. It's not every day you get a call from the Supreme Court, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the clerk's office was calling him. Now, the clerk of the Supreme Court is not a, is not a, a justice clerk. The clerk of the Supreme Court is uh, Scott Sessions. I believe his name is Scott Sessions Harris. And for 11 years, he was the attorney for the United States Supreme Court and a case analyst from his office had been instructed to call us telling us that our case had been accepted without a decision from the Tenth Circuit, therefore accepting it as a national emergency by allowing us to do it under Rule 11. And so they asked us if we would include some more information in it, that they had some documents that they had reviewed uh, from the docket, from the federal court docket. They asked us to include the motion to dismiss, and we also included the opposition of the motion to dismiss. And then as we uh, were getting prepared, they like it perfect bound. So we have to go to printers, format it, print it, and then take it to the binders and print it. So just as we were about to get it to them, uh, the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeal makes a decision. And so we call the clerk up and uh, tell the clerk or or the clerk's office, the analyst, what had happened. And uh, if we could just get it to them anyway, because uh, it's a lot of work to reformat it and take that out. And she says, no, you don't need it. Take it out. And then, and then she even kind of put a little pressure on us to get it quickly the first time. And this time she was a little more aggressive. And she says, now, how soon are we going to get this? And he said, well, it's going to take about two weeks. And she says, we'd like to get it sooner than that. Can you get it sooner than two weeks? And my brother says, well, let's see what we can do. And so we were pretty excited that they were anxious to get it. So we hustled and we got the printers and the binders working fast and we got it finished a week early so we sent it on the uh 20th they got it on the 24th it was docketed on the day they received it and showed that it was filed the day we sent it so on the stamps that you see if you go to supremecourt.gov or if you go to if you go to sevendiscoveries.com you can see a picture of the cover and it shows that it was it was filed showed it was filed uh, a few days before they received it which i guess they just follow you know, I guess normal procedure is just to uh, go, you know, the day that you mailed it, you know. 
So now that's docketed, and now they notice the U.S. attorneys, they let the attorneys know that they have one chance to fight this, one legal chance, and that's to file a uh, file an opposition, and they have about 30 days to do it. So November 23rd rolls around. Oh, another thing, too, is is they instructed my brother to go ahead and, and uh, send uh, uh, a form to waive their right to file an opposition. And so he sent that to them and followed up with a phone call asking them if they would do that, it would speed things up so that we could get it docketed for conference. And he didn't get a reply back, and they, they didn't do anything about that. So 23rd of November rolls around, which is the deadline for them to file an opposition. And about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, it's like hours before the deadline is up. When the deadline is up, they, have, they lose their opportunity to file an opposition and also lose their opportunity as for extension. Mm-hmm. So we look at the docket, checking it constantly. About 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, the 23rd, uh, we see that the U.S. attorneys are no longer representing the 388 defendants. and uh, But the U.S. Solicitor General has taken over as their defense attorney, and she's also filed a signed waiver, waiving their right to oppose it or and waiving their right to extend uh, time so that they could file an opposition. So we were pretty excited about that. So within a few days after that, the docket reflects a conference date of January 6th, 2023. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. There's a lot of backstory, interesting stories you know, leading up to that. But that's basically where we're at now. Well, how ironic that uh, the conference date is set for January 6th. Pretty interesting. So, I mean, Loy, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of experience filing cases with the Supreme Court, but I mean, it almost seems like they want to get it before the bench. Like they're they're excited to go ahead and, and, and talk about this and the implications of it. Well, it makes sense because they characterized it as an emergency, a national emergency. They agreed to do it that way. And wouldn't it make sense that they would want it as soon as possible? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make sense for them to, to let us file it as a national emergency petition and then say, just take your time. That wouldn't make sense. And so I'll, I was on an interview yesterday with a lawyer, and he looked up when the last time a Rule 11 was allowed into the Supreme Court and docketed. And it was in the 70s during the Nixon administration, and it was the U.S. government. That did it. So this is an extremely rare situation. There's probably not an attorney alive that's represented a uh, you know a private individual or pro se allowed to file a Rule 11 emergency petition. So there are several elements to this that kind of make it stand out, different from other petitions. And mm-hmm. also they notified the, the district court that they that that, that they had docketed it. The and uh, the district court sent an email to my brother and he forwarded it to me. And they assigned a case number. It actually said case number 22-4007. So if you go to supremecourt.gov and do a docket search, don't do the first search. Go down. The first search, you won't get anywhere. But go down to the second search bar down below, and you can type in 22-380 or 22-4007, and it will take you to the exact same petition of rid of certiorari. So this is the other thing. That you guys filed this pro se. I mean, you you're not you haven't used a lawyer to put this together. Do you guys have any legal experience, or this is just well, what you you've come to learn well, this over the years? Well, if we had hired a lawyer, they wouldn't have let us file it in federal or state court. They would have had told us that we had to get permission from the sergeant in arms. We'd have to get a waiver, and we'd be in a completely different court that dead ends before you can take it to the Supreme Court. It'd be the court of claims. Mm-hmm. So we had to do it our way because if we did it with lawyers, we would end up in a dead end. So we knew that we had a, a 
First Amendment protected right to petition the government for redress of grievances. We had other amended amendments protecting our rights for due process. And so we decided to do that ourselves. And my brother had extensive experience representing himself in state and federal court and even successfully docketed as a pro se uh, representing himself uh, with two petitions at the Supreme Court. So you could do a docket search, Darren, D-E-R-O-N-G, Brunson, and you can find two of his petitions. And one of them has something to do with equitable maxim and, and the object principle of justice. And so that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, the case specifically, and the, the claims in the case. So this isn't a case about yeah. election fraud, but I think it's safe to say that oh. without election fraud, uh, maybe we wouldn't be here because this is really about about the Congress sure. abdicating their responsibilities and their constitutional right. duties. Absolutely. This really is a case for anyone and everyone that wants an honest representative, because it's not, as you said, it's it's not about that. It's not a political. It's not a party. We're suing Republicans, Democrats, and even Bernie Sanders as a defendant. And he's a, you know, he's an out, out of the closet socialist, right? So, <laughs> so we're not, you know, we're not like picking favorites. It's every single member of Congress and those that participated and rejecting a uh, an investigation into what you would say a very serious uh, national security breach is mm-hmm. what it was when you have 100 members of congress witnesses with a mountain of evidence and saying that it's important we investigate these uh, these claims so that we can know that we're we can proceed forward without you know breaching our national security and all the others uh vote against it and reject it i mean it's just just unbelievably wrong and it was a violation of the oath of office to reject that and there were plenty of i tell you i've never seen so many democrats wave the constitution and say i've got to know keep the constitution which is great because this is it'll help them it'll be good for them with this case but (laughs) so here they are waving the constitution say we have a constitutional obligation even you know a lot of republicans too Mm-hmm. And it's like what they should have said is we have a constitutional obligation to make sure we're certifying a real electoral vote. Mm-hmm. And if there's fraud involved, then it's not an electoral vote. It's something else. Right. And right. so they needed to take it at least a 10-day pause and check it out. And because they didn't, they they are putting this country at risk. They put uh, – they well, look at the damage that's been caused. So true. And so they, they – not only can they be removed from office constitutionally, uh, the, the, U, the U.S. – and I think attorneys would agree that they have the power, whether they do it or not, they definitely have the power to um, remove them uh, from office and also bar them from holding office the rest of their lives and then refer them to the Department of Justice. The new Department of Justice would be a new one after this happens uh, for criminal investigation. So so t- tell me what exactly would be the best possible outcome. Uh, January 6th, uh, the Supreme Court uh, gets together in session. They talk about this. And then what would be the outcome if you get what you're asking well, for? Well, I don't think they're going to set January 6th and then go to conference. Uh, under Rule 11 and under it, if they deem a petition as a national emergency, they can do much more than just uh, um, you know, reverse a, a lower court's decision or uphold a lower court's decision. They can actually completely adjudicate. They can judge and execute the full complaint. And uh, they can do it behind closed doors. They can do it in, in private sessions. So because of its, its national emergency level. So I the best case scenario to me is like by Christmas time uh, or January 3rd rolls around and we find out that uh, actually before then maybe, that the, the Supreme Court has ordered the circuit court or done it themselves, ordered the US, U.S. Marshal Service uh, to go to the sergeant in arms with the list of, uh, of names that where the credentials need to be canceled. And so you'd have about 300 and 
87 uh, federal officers' credentials be canceled, and then maybe the states would be notified that they needed to fill those vacancies. And then also we could have special operation teams that are military that are broadcast teams that know how to how to handle broadcast stations, and they could go in, in a very peaceful way, and they could, uh, uh, you know, uh, they could take over the stations just temporarily until this is all figured out. The, the Federal Communication Commission directors are appointed by the president, and uh, they all take a constitutional oath. So if their broadcast stations that they supervise and direct are are allowing information and false information to be broadcast that would compromise the security of this country and also would compromise the Constitution of the United States, then they have a they could actually be added to as defendants. There's there's a list of 388 defendants, but there's also John Doe's one through 100. So they could actually add additional names to the defendants and kind of clean house that way. And so it actually could be a smooth transition where there's all these opportunities for people that were running against these people, you know, every two years and every six years anyway, where they could they could enter their own campaigns to replace these individuals and fill those vacancies. And uh, then the broadcast houses would be would be reporting the truth and let people know there's nothing to be worried about. This is a smooth transition. We're just replacing uh, members of Congress because they failed their duties and the states are going to replace, you know, those members of Congress and everything's going to be fine. And then they could be reporting the news in real time instead of the political uh, uh, un- uh, political biased uh, propaganda that we've been seeing through the airways so much. So. I think it could actually, that'd be the best case scenario for me. I think it could be a very smooth transition. And I think uh, instead of fallout, we could focus on the campaigns that would, in every state, that would millions and millions of dollars promoting uh, campaigns supporting this position of removing uh, these disqualified representatives with members of Congress that can keep their oath. Another aspect of the case is this would strip immunity. So uh, Article 6 of the Constitution is very clear when it states that they, all of our federal, state, and local representatives or officers shall be bound by oath to this Constitution. So they've given themselves immunity with the federal statutes. And even in California, they have perjury laws that the wording excludes politicians and taking the oath of office. Right. So I think there's a lot of positive that could come from this. And, and, and I tell people, if, you know, tell, tell your Democrat friends or Republican friends that that this is a win-win. This is something both parties can actually agree on. If you want honest candidates and honest representatives, there's some uh, people uh, listed as defendants that I think Democrats would be happy that are listed. And I think a lot of Republicans would feel the same way about the, you know, names that are listed that they would like to see removed. So I try to be positive about it. I think it could be actually a pretty positive transition. The world wouldn't come to an end. I tend to <laughs> agree with you. Better. I, I, I totally agree with you, and I think the audience would as well. What would you say to perhaps left-wing critics uh, who would look at a case like this and the possible implications and say, well, of course, that could never happen because it would just be too much of a disturbance. It's like, you know, despite the fact that they actually did abdicate their oath, that they have turned on the American people, uh, they have uh, not done what they were supposed to do. They're representing themselves, not the people that, that voted for them. You know, what would you say to those left-wing pundits who might uh, say that this could never happen? I don't think they would. I think they would encourage you because they all have friends and associates that they want to help campaign and get into office. And again, it's about honest representation. It's not like removing permanently those positions. They're there. And so uh, and it's it's about the Constitution. It's not about any interpretation of the Constitution. I mean, 
who would di- who would disagree with a ten day investigation? Now, if it had been reversed and the Republicans had won, do you think that those people would have, under the same circumstances, oh, no. would have you know? No, they would have no, been all no over it. <laughs> yeah. Of course, every one of them, every one of them. So it's about an honest. It's about an investigation. If there are witnesses saying that there should be, and why shouldn't they be? I mean, this is uh, our, our elections. Our elections are probably the most uh, critical and the most vulnerable to outside interference and to domestic enemies. And the members of Congress have, have sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, domestic and foreign. And what better way to do that than to investigate claims that there could be some enemies that are infiltrating our election system and, and check out and, and find out what's happening before you move on and uh, uh, without a 10-day investigation. Well, certainly from my own personal perspective, I think that the reason that they chose not to look into it and the reason they kind of just gloss over the possibility of uh, bad actors in our election system is because they know that the system is corrupted. They know that there are certain points at which it's uh, possible to cheat and it happens on a regular basis because I think people in both parties are benefiting from the system and the way that it's set up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, and that's and, and that's not our position, really. Our position is that there was a, there should have been an investigation, and there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And if there's cause for a referral to the Department of Justice for criminal investigation, so be it. But this is a civil case that has nothing to do with that. But the Supreme Court can certainly uh, refer uh, certain members over for investigation, and that could uncover a whole lot of stuff. Now, one of our causes of action is is a civil conspiracy, and so uh, when you have one attorney representing 388 defendants, uh, that can be really problematic. But the, the Solicitor General, I think, really did the right thing. And a lot of people say, oh, they do it because they don't think there's any merit to it. It's like, well, wait a second. They don't think there's any merit to the justices. They don't like how the justices think. So, no, I think she, I think, I think Elizabeth Preloader no, did the right thing in her heart. She knew, she, I think she, I'm going to say that she saw that this was about the Constitution. It was about the oath of office. It wasn't about Democrats or Republicans. And uh, it was about, you know, upholding the Constitution and removing, you know, immunity. And I think she uh, I think she she's been known to to represent the government and uh, and shift her position without talking to any other government officials. And so she's a very independent woman. So she could be working with the justices as well to help with a smooth transition. I mean, she could she could concede. And then the justices would would feel like, OK, we've got the Solicitor General on our side and. And and I I think it's very possible to see a nine to zero vote because it's not a political thing. And I think everyone, I think all the justices would would agree that we should have, you know, we should have members of Congress that are going to pause for a ten day investigation. I mean, a hundred members, credible members of Congress would say that it was their position, and and I think we know that they're right, don't we? Oh, absolutely, no, hundred um, percent. So. What do you think the timeline is going to be on this? Do you think that uh, that once we get to the, uh, the this date of January 6th, that it'll be uh, wrapped up very quickly? Or is this something you think might drag on? Well, I'm hoping it would be all taken care of by then, but I could be yeah. wrong. Who knows what their resources are and what the mechanisms are in place that would that would come to some uh, equitable and smooth uh, conclusion. And so I just don't know what the resources are. If we did, we could kind of guess what's going to happen. But I... I love the fact that they sit in January 6th. It's almost like they have a plan in place. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, it's because that could be provocative. If they wanted to be really super careful, they would make sure that it wasn't set for January 6th. It's sort of a, sort of a, uh, a message of hope, isn't it? That, uh, 
that uh, the the case that is based on on January 6th, it's a two-year anniversary, and it's like it's kind of a memorialization of a, of a great event that's about to take place. And it would be. The justices would, would go down in history probably as the, uh, the most uh, powerful and patriotic justices we've had in the history of this country. And Elizabeth Preloader could as well go down as the most famous and constitutional and heroic uh, solicitor general we've ever had. And then the replacements of all these members of Congress coming in, knowing that their oath now is supposed to be binding and that they're accountable and they better read the Constitution, understand it, and and not do anything that's uh, that they can be liable for. It could create a whole new climate, a whole new, uh, complete new landscape. And so I'm really hopeful. My brothers are hopeful. A lot of miracles have happened to us leading to this point. Really just unbelievable things to get us all to this point in our lives and in this point in history at this specific time that uh, we believe the miracles are going to just keep happening. So we're pretty optimistic. I, I, I like to hear that. Um, over on Rumble, uh, SF Fink says, with how the Democrats handled Roe versus Wade, how do you think they would handle Supreme Court decision in favor of this? Do you think that uh, that has well, any bearing? Roe versus Wade didn't open up 380 some odd uh, opportunities to mm-hmm. run for office, and this would. So, and it's about replacing them with different Democrats, different Republicans, you know, but the oath would be in place. So I think uh, this has never been done before. This would be, a, we, you know, we don't know what would happen. This could be the most smooth, positive, exciting transition. And look at all the, look at all the campaigns where they're spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to replace those, va- those, those, uh, uh, those <laughs> members of Congress to fill those vacancies. I mean, that's a tremendous amount of positive pushback instead of negative. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that they would support it. And they, if they didn't, it would be like, oh, you don't want an honest, you don't believe the oath should be binding, you should think you should have immunity. I mean, this is a very interesting situation. And I think there's, I, this is, I think the Lord is in play here. And I think he's going to inspire them to do the right thing. Lee, do you know if this argument has ever been used uh, to remove public officials in the past? I don't know of any case. And like I said, this was allowed to move forward to the Supreme Court without the 10th Circuit Court decision, which yeah. uh, under Rule 11 of the Supreme Court. So, you know, uh, maybe the 10th Circuit had never heard of it before because they thought that they could just sit on it and they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the Supreme Court was reminded. Remember Amy Coney Barrett when she was in a Senate hearing before she was, nom- you know, she appointed and, and confirmed. Uh, she was asked to share a little comp- uh, constitutional uh, knowledge with the viewers, and the senator said, could you just share the protections, uh, what rights are protected in the First Amendment? And she said, well, she said speech and religion and assembly and the press, and she couldn't remember the fifth one. And so if she couldn't remember the fifth one, which is what we're doing, petition for redress of grievances, and this would open up a whole new opportunity for everyone to, to file civil lawsuits against the representatives for damages. If she couldn't remember that, then what makes us think that they might have even been aware of Rule 11? Maybe through their history, they'd read about it, you know, because the last one that uh, someone said that they saw uh, Rule 11 was, you know, the Nixon administration. So uh, this is a whole new ballgame for them, too. But uh, I believe in inspiration. I believe in divine intervention. The founders believed in it. The signers of the Declaration said they could not have accomplished what they accomplished without divine intervention. They saw the miracles. They saw the, I guess you could say, just extreme coincidences and things flip just to the, to the right direction. 
And so I think this could be a modern-day miracle. It could be a modern-day George Washington or the Founders moment signing the Declaration of Independence. This could go down. You know, someone even mentioned that that the petition, that they could could have it signed by the justices and put next to the Constitution, (laughs) you know, for people to view. And so who knows what can happen? We're just excited that we've gotten to this point. It's raising awareness about the power of the Constitution and how the oath has been really uh, violated. And uh, their immunity, as, as the fake unconstitutional immunity, they've been allowed to just do whatever they want. So there have been a lot of good things happening from this already, and it's just picking up momentum. We're getting a lot of letters. We're getting thousands of letters now that, uh, that are copied of what they're sending to the Supreme Court. And they're heartfelt letters. I read some of them today. It's just incredible. These incredible patriots out there. Just in the last three days, it's like exponentially uh, doubled. It's gone from like a couple hundred to now it's like close to probably 7,000 in just two or three days. So it's really starting to grow and explode, and it's a really positive thing. And why not hope for a, hope for a great big miracle and a heroic uh, you know, time that we can really celebrate New Year's and the 4th of July like never before? Amen. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm glad you brought up the <clears throat> the letter writing campaign uh because uh one of the viewers of this program, Key West Jess who actually put us in touch, uh she and a number of other people have put together a form letter that you can go ahead and uh send into the Supreme Court yourself letting them know that you support Loy and his brother's actions and uh how important this case is to you. I'm going to go ahead and show that to you guys on screen. And then I'm going to go ahead and drop the link to this into all of the chats. And I am going to request that you guys also take part in this campaign. Um, you know, because, uh, Loyo, I mean, <laughs> it seems like the justices are already aware of the possible implications and importance of this case. And uh, just how much more impactful, guys, do you think it could be if we have tens of thousands of American citizens writing in and saying, yes, absolutely, these congressmen, they they denounce their oath. They are no longer representing the will of the American people, and we have to do something about it. You know, I mean, it's not all that often that they bother to ask us what grievances we might have. Most oftentimes, they're not interested at all, it seems like. Well, this is, like you said, this is an incredible opportunity, historical opportunity. Can you imagine 75 million letters? Oh, what yes. the influence that would be? I mean, how many people were at, uh, on January 6th at Washington, D.C.? If just every one of those people yeah. wrote a letter. This is like being able to go to Washington, D.C. much better without spending the money and the time and the fuel by sending letters in, positive letters, friends of the court is the term for it. You're, you're a friend of the court, and you're encouraging them to do the right thing and tell them you support them in the right decision and how it affects you personally. And so I can send you a link to a couple of links that are really great uh, presentations on on helping people uh, do the the letter writing and sending a copy to the court, sending a copy to the Brunson brothers. So it's like a receipt. We'll file those and keep them and have them, ca- have them categorized. And, and then they were asking a pretty cool one campaign says, put a dollar in for the Brunson brothers. That's pretty cool. I wouldn't complain about that. <laughs> and so. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely something I would support as well. And your your website, you had mentioned it earlier, seven discoveries dot com. Uh, also yeah. have that link down there in the description, guys. But right. you can go yeah. there and you guys can actually purchase copies of the filings. And this is obviously to support your efforts. I mean, this is time. This is money. How much money have you uh, gentlemen expended on this so far? Well, we've we've. More than money, we've just sacrificed a lot, and uh, there's been some financial losses because of it. But we've we've represented ourselves, so it's been a tremendous uh, 
financial loss uh, relatively. And so, uh, but it's it's been worth it. I mean, we're glad. I wouldn't change it for things. So, uh, yeah, a dollar in an envelope that means a lot. Emotionally, it means a lot, and uh, and financially, it means a lot. So, and there could be. I mean, there's a potential of uh, more litigation fees uh, going into. Let's say we go into uh, after a conference, go into a hearing. I really that just doesn't make sense to me. I hate even talking about that possibility, but. Uh, We've had attorneys tell us that if we had hired attorneys and had them do this, we're looking at a million to two million dollars in litigation over the past oh, sure. couple of years. Because we had three lawsuits. We have the federal lawsuits identical to the my brother's federal lawsuit that started in state court, plus we took two federal courts to state court. And uh and we got them to unblock. We were suing them to unblock my case. And after that was all done, they unblocked it and filed it for me after they refused to do that. And not only that, they ordered the clerk of the court to issue the 388 summonses. Before that happened, they actually canceled my my complaint, and then they reinstated it. They canceled it after the docket reflected that the U.S. Marshals Service had served Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, and Adam Schiff. But the U.S. Marshals had actually served them my summons and complaint, and then the court canceled it, called it back. So that's when we litigated with them and got them to reverse the decision and file it. So okay, so th- so they canceled it. <clears throat> what 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 reason did they have to allow it to come back after they canceled it? I I don't understand really, what the process is for that. Yeah, it, it you know the, it was really weird. They claimed that my complaint was deficient. Now a court can't say your complaint's deficient. That's up to the defense attorney if you're suing someone to file a motion to dismiss it. So they were really wrong in doing it, and so that's why we took them to the Tenth Circuit. Tenth Circuit just basically said, oh, they're not going to block it. They're not violating your rights. And I was like, no, they are. And so we took them to state court and battled there. And after we we actually lost in state court, we were so busy going back and forth, we missed a deadline to appeal it. But there's still oh, something no. we could probably do there. So but after we after we litigated there a few couple of weeks, a few weeks later, we got this notice that they did what we were asking them to do. They filed it. They didn't say, give me permission to file. It. They filed it for me actually filed my lawsuit and issued and ordered the clerk of the court to issue a hundred uh, 388 summonses. So we prepared them and took them over and the clerk of the court uh, signed them and stamped them as issued. So that's, that's another story. So, but, so. Wh- wh- why do you think, why do you think they did that for you? I mean, that obviously sounds a little out of the norm. Is it because they realized how badly you, they screwed up initially? Well, I think so. I think the point is, this, see, this is really such a, a clear-cut case with the Supreme Court because it's about the oath of office. The Supreme Court justices have taken two constitutional oaths. Mm-hmm. One is a judicial oath, which includes the Constitution, and the other one is more of the Constitution that's uh, probably identical to the congressional oath. So they've t- taken two oaths to the Constitution. I think they're reading our documents. These these documents, the complaint and the and the petition, it's an expose on the Constitution and the oath of office. That's been neglected and ignored. So here it is. We actually the whole case is based on the Constitution, the oath of office, without getting into any interpretations whatsoever. So how can they possibly say, no, no, there needs to be immunity. We shouldn't have a binding oath. Uh, You know, how could they possibly do that? It's so so fundamental. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, I just need to say thank you real briefly to Key West Jess, who said, thank you for sharing the letter and to both of you for what you're doing. Uh, She also said everyone who went to January 6th, 2020 should be sending letters. It's the exact reason that we were there. Will success of this case positively influence the January 6th prisoners? I would absolutely say so, because right now we've had too many people. Not like that. They'd probably be able to file civil claims against those that were responsible for putting them for damages. And Mm -hmm. that's what uh, this is. This is a civil claim. It's for damages personally so they would probably have a lot of opportunity to recover damages for and punitive damages for what's happened to them uh and then also to uh, uh q fox yoder says thank you zach and bless you loy as well uh thank you for those donations guys really appreciate it once again go to seven discoveries.com also you can support loy his brothers and their case efforts there um let can i uh, uh ask you just a little bit about the uh the the specifics again of the case uh you know you say that uh, you're really just spelling out the constitution i mean what is the flow of this and, uh, you know, how is it presented that uh, that the congressmen and, and, and people in government uh, had completely denied their oath? Well, it's a constitutional issue. And that's the biggest thing is we want to we you know, we quote Article six of the Constitution where the words are very clear that they shall be bound by oath. And then we a title tw- U.S. Code Title 28 says that they have immunity. And then, and then they, they won't let us sue in federal court. We have to go to, if you're going to sue a representative, you have to go to a claims court. You can't even go in federal court or state court. So due process rights are being violated. Mm-hmm. So it's a violation of the oath of office. It's actually uh, a form of treason. It's uh, uh, depriving me, the plaintiff's rights, of their uh, constitutionally protected right to participate in an honest and sound constitutional election. It's a security breach that has the potential of, completely devastating this country and our own security. So there's several causes of action there that uh, are connected to constitutional authority as well as uh, as well as case law. So the 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 T word treason, that's that's the big one right there. You know, I mean, because that's oh. uh, I mean, that's that's a lot worse than just losing your position. If you're found guilty of treason, I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, up to and including execution. Yeah, so this is a civil case, and then uh, the criminal investigation could happen. Uh, Congress has defined the penalties for treason. I don't remember exactly, but I know the high treason is capital punishment, mm-hmm. and low treason is uh, is being barred from holding public office the rest of your life, and a fine and a jail term. So, uh, so that's a pretty you know. And then it's the def- treason is defined as giving aid and comfort to enemies of the United States and any mm-hmm. foreign or domestic entity that uh, infiltrates and, and compromises our election would be guilty of giving aid and comfort to, you know, to enemies of the United States. And they could be classified as enemies and domestic enemies of the United States. You know, that'd be something to ask a representative that they've, they've sworn to uphold and defend the constitution against foreign and domestic enemies. Could they explain what a domestic enemy is? Mm-hmm. And have they ever defended the constitution against the domestic enemy? Well, here was our opportunity to do it in 380 Somewhat failed to do that. So that's a, a violation of the oath. And they need to be removed and barred from holding public office ever again so that there's no more national security breaches where they are. They should be permanently removed and let new people come in that don't have that kind of a bad record. Sure, sure. Just like, I mean, just like hiring a security guard, you know, if he's, if he's letting people in, anyone, if he lets one person out, he's not supposed to let in. That's a breach. You're firing. Absolutely. And you don't ever hire him again. You get someone that's 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 going to do 100%. People have compared people uh, like being 99% constitutional and 1% not. It's like, you probably heard this. It's like, 
being uh, being faithful to your wife 99 percent of the time <laughs> doesn't like, work <laughs> uh, i'm sure she would not be too happy with that no you know? no no it's it's all or nothing it's all or yeah, nothing exactly you you want you don't want any breaches you don't want even a crack you know it's like being on a ship and seeing a a little piece of ice sticking up and your crew comes and says, Oh, there's an iceberg there, but it's just a little one. It's like, uh, excuse me. Yeah. We need to investigate. We need to pause and take a 10 minute investigation here and see what's beneath it. Right. Exactly. And they didn't do that. There was yeah. an iceberg that's sticking up and it was a pretty, pretty good sized iceberg. And they all said, no, we don't investigate it. There's nothing there. It's like, how do they know if they don't investigate it? So it was, a, it was an egregious, complete, total, uh, violation of their oath of office and defending uh, the Constitution and this great republic against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Certainly was. You know, I mean, I, I was, uh, I remember in, um, uh, what was it? Uh, like the Hanging Chads. I live in Florida. So the Hanging Chads down in Florida, you know, I mean, they spent uh, what seemed like a lot longer than 10 days investigating what happened there. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were perfectly willing to take a bit, uh, take a breath, uh, sit back and, and investigate what had actually happened in that election. And uh, I mean, it just seems so obvious, so elementary. You know, I mean, like you have a number of different people, you know, many, many people in a number of different states, all who had concerns about the election. It was, you know, probably a majority of America, if you really want to get down to the heart of it. Uh, and uh, and they just were not willing to do anything about it. They immediately turned around and, you know, I mean, uh, as uh, uh, as somebody who has covered these, uh, you know, these subjects for a very long time, you know, I mean, what happened on January 6th truly, I think, did stop any positive forward momentum that we had going into that. You know, the people who set up January 6th, that that uh, orchestrated event to take place, uh, they were instrumental in ensuring that the people who did support that in Congress were no longer going to want to be anywhere near it. Uh, and, uh, and so it just, it just went away. There was no investigations and nobody bothered to challenge anything. So, I mean, I'm just, I, the, the fact that this is scheduled for January 6th, it's just, it blows my mind. Uh, and I can't wait to see what comes of this. L- like, can, can you define rule 11 for me? Cause we've kind of like talked about it a few times, but I don't know that everybody is aware of, uh, what exactly rule 11 sure. is. Yeah. First, I'd like to mention that these people that refused an investigation when there was a mountain of evidence, a mountain of evidence and a hundred witnesses are the same people that that investigated nothing mm-hmm. and, and used it as a weapon. Yep. You know, the FISA thing and the and the Russia Gate and all this stuff. I mean, talk about double, double. You know. <laughs> hypocritical kind of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, how yeah, much there should be. How many tens of millions of dollars and how much time and how much how many man hours were wasted investigating all of those fake scandals surrounding President Trump, just witch hunt after witch hunt? They couldn't spend 10 days looking into the election of 2020 and and making the American people feel that they had actually done something to ensure the safety and security of our elections. It is ridiculous. And those records would actually could be used in criminal investigation against them. Okay. All that stuff that they that they launched with the FISA, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. and uh, okay, let me just explain Rule Eleven. Uh, there are civil rule, there are civil, there are rules of civil procedure in state court, and every state's are a little different. And there's federal rules of civil procedure, and they're the same in all the states. And then the Supreme Court actually has their own rules. Okay, and they have special rules that they've set for themselves. And Rule Eleven is a very special rule where you cannot you can bypass 
you could either bypass, I believe, that the tenth, the circuit court. Your circuit. See, you're supposed to when you take a case to the Supreme Court, you're supposed to not go there until all the courts in between the beginning of you know the lower court to the highest court. In sure. state court, you start with state, and then you go to the appellate court if you lose. And if you lose there, you go to the state Supreme Court if you lose there. Then you go to the U.S. Supreme Court. But you cannot go to the Supreme Court until you've gone through all those courts below it. Now, we hadn't gone through the final court. The Tenth Circuit was sitting on it, and they hadn't done it. And so we did some research, and we found that the Supreme Court has a special rule that if you can convince them that it's a national emergency-type case, then they will accept it and docket it as such without getting the final court decision. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. It wasn't docketed that way, but we received a phone call telling us that they wanted us to add more stuff and that they were they agreed to docket it that way. But then uh, the 10th Circuit must have found out, and they didn't want to look bad by dragging their feet and sitting on a case for four months that now the Supreme Court is recognizing as a national emergency. Mm-hmm. But it's already a black mark against them because they sat on it for so long. They sat on this case for four months, and now the Supreme Court is saying it's a national emergency. That doesn't make them look too good, does it? No, it doesn't. And so – so they accepted it that way, and then, and then the Tenth Circuit hurried and made a la- you know hurried and made a decision because they probably didn't want to go down in history as not making a decision, but it was a bad decision, and so uh, so that's what it is. This case was accepted as a national emergency case, and that's why under with that that Rule Eleven, even though it's not doesn't say that on the case right now, it is still a national emergency case, and because of that, they can completely adjudicate, judge it, execute it, and they can take any action they seem is necessary to secure the interest and secure the, to establish the national security of this country that it needs to have. That security breach created a big, big problem, and the breach needs to be fixed. And so the Supreme Court now has the power and the obligation to fix that breach. Now, something really special about the Supreme Court, you hear people say the three equal branches of government. Well, when we do a petition, we weren't petitioning the, the Congress or the president. And it's amazing. The petition for redress of grievances is supposed to be where you can take your case straight to the Supreme Court. And the fact that our Congress has made laws diverting that where you can't go to the Supreme Court by having to go to a claims court and get permission, all that stuff, mm-hmm. is an obvious breach or, or a violation of our constitutional rights. So uh, Rule 11 means it's, it's, a, it's a national security type case, and they can take every action necessary to fix, to fix the breach or fix the whatever is causing it to be an emergency. Lloyd, can you tell me what does your background say? Because uh, you're in front of it, and but I mean, it seems like there's a special message there. Oh, oh, that's, that's so. Uh, that's my latest Constitution book. Okay. I have seven. I have a, the Constitution for for federal, state, and local officials. That's the 2020 uh, version or edition. Now I have the 2023, which has everything that in it plus a little more. And it also has, uh, well, I'll give you an example. I've discovered some things in the Constitution, I claim, that have never been published before. Really amazing discoveries. And that's, I know how audacious that sounds. You know, that, for example, I was at a trade show, a conservative kind of a trade show, and there were people walking past my friend's table. I says, hey, I think I'll see if I can, I can sell it, you know, sell, get a donation for my books. I printed 10,000 of them, and I feel like I had to do to get them out there, right? And so, uh, so this man was walking past. I said, uh, hi, I've, I've discovered some concepts in the Constitution that are revolutionary that have never been published before. Can I share one of them with you? And he stopped. He got this. Like, he was a really nice guy. He stopped and let, and let 
pulled out his constitution, his part of the constitution, the one with George Washington's picture on it. And he says, you can show me something in this that I've never found before, I've never recognized before. I says, yeah, you know, and if I do, would you would you go ahead and uh, give me a donation for the book and, and so I can print more of them? He says, okay, let's give me your best shot. Let's see, what can you do? And I says, okay. I said, well, the first 10 amendments were really identified by Congress as further declaratory and restrictive clauses to the seven articles. So they're pretty powerful. And what I found is I found that there's an interpretation clause in the document. There's a clause that command that 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 that, uh, that forces us to only interpretation or requires us to only interpretation to it forces us to <laughs> only interpret the Constitution in ways that protect our God-given rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say that that's the Ninth Amendment, and it goes like this: the enumeration and the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. I said, to me, this was the voice of God, and this is the interpretation clause, telling us, warning us that you cannot interpret the Constitution in any way unless it is a protection, unless it's interpreted in a way that protects our God-given unalienable rights. And any other interpretation of that, according to the Ninth Amendment, is a misinterpretation and cannot be accepted as a constitutional interpretation. And uh, I said, I also feel like it's the voice of God. When I read it for the first time, it just felt like it was God speaking. It was like, you know, one of the commandments, shall not be construed to deny mm-hmm. or disparage others retained by the people. And so he looked at me, and he put his hand in his pocket, and he pulled out his wallet, and pulled out a 20, and handed it to me, and took the book and walked away. <laughs> I mean, it certainly sounds like your interpretation is correct. I mean, that's uh, the only thing that makes any sense. So what what else? I mean, well, actually, now that we know that, that you're writing books as well, uh, when did you first begin publishing your work? Uh, back about eight years ago, I've had several of them just self-published. But this last one, uh, I printed 10,000 and I'm out. And people are kind of wanting to, they've ordered them. And, I, and I'm telling them, please be patient. We're, we're in the middle of printing right now, another maybe 10 to or 11,000 I think we're going to print. And uh, it's pocket size, but it's much more than just the Constitution. It has the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, the amendments, but it also has Q&A in the back. Questions that I think some of these questions have never been asked before, at least not published before. Mm-hmm. And a section there, one section is um, how and why promoting socialism is a felony. It's actually a conspiracy to commit felony theft. Uh, it is. I would love to hear this. Go ahead. <laughs> so that, and then I have Benjamin Franklin's uh, no tax plan, and I get into central banking. My focus is uh, the Federal Reserve System. People need to know where money comes from before they mm-hmm. can really understand the Constitution. And I tell people, uh, I tell people, if you were to ask your representative to show you a clause in the Constitution that prohibits socialism, they wouldn't be able to do it unless they have my book. And so then I go back, but I explain that. I said, there are a couple of clauses. You know, 13th Amendment involuntary servitude is against the law, right? And also, the last line of the Fifth Amendment is my favorite. It defines socialism, and it also prohibits it. The last line states, nor shall private property be taken for public use. Private property includes your money. Be taken for public use without just compensation. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pushback, too. And there, there are political reasons why people would, would push, politicians would push back against that. I think the Federal Reserve money in some ways trickled into their own protection through campaigns. Sure. And, uh, and the 1913 Federal Reserve Act, uh, what happened? One of the first things that these bankers did with their money was buy a major newspaper and mm-hmm. they've been buying media ever since. So we never, we're not, and, and they own publication houses. So we don't learn what money is. I called the Bureau of Engraving and Printing once as I was doing my research, and a lady answered the phone. I didn't think anyone would, but she answered the phone. I says, 
hey, tell me when, when the money is printed. And I knew I'd been told that a $100 bill was it cost about 15 cents to produce a $100 bill. I says, what happens? What do you do with the money? And she says, we sell it. And I'm thinking, you sell it to who? She says, we sell it. We have one exclusive customer, and that's the Federal Reserve System. Now, we know the Federal Reserve System is a private corporation. It's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not a real branch of the government, okay? And, I, and she says, and we sell it at cost. So they're selling it for about 15 cents for a $100 bill. I mean, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, the Federal Reserve System is, is, has a nonprofit, is a nonprofit entity. And our Congress is supposed to protect us from counterfeiters. And so the, the, the Federal Reserve System, when they create a trillion dollars, that trillion dollars is supposed to be 100% pure profit for the Treasury, mm-hmm. not tax debt, not yeah. tax debt. And so they're supposed to only keep their operating expenses. So. I, I was talking to Stephen Moore about this. Maybe you know him. He's been on Fox News a lot. He was chief economics advisor for Donald Trump. And I says, you know, just in really simple terms, if we were able to enforce the nonprofit status of the Federal Reserve, every trillion that they created would be profit for the Treasury instead of tax debt. Mm-hmm. And that would eliminate the need for taxation in simple terms. And he looked at me and says, you know, you're right. And so he says, let me take your book. I'll read it on the plane. But to talk about it, this is so extreme to talk about it because it just has so many implications that that uh, are, you know, I've talked to Senator Hatch about this, if you remember him, uh, back in the day. And mm-hmm. uh, when I was running, I was actually running against him for U.S. Senate. And he admitted it. He says, yeah. I said, you know, they don't turn the, they don't return the principal. That's probably, he says, they don't even return the interest. They return a few million everywhere, a few million, a few token million. They should be returning trillions. Yep. And so... Uh, and I've talked to other people about it, too. Congressman uh, Alan Grayson, he agreed to have an appointment with me to talk about the Fed with Mike Lee. And I flew out there for that. And Mike Lee kind of flaked out. And and Alan Grayson didn't show up. So I go to Alan Grayson's office, Congressman Grayson's office, and told them that why didn't he show up. And they told me that Mike Lee, had can- his office had canceled my appointment the day before. I thought, well, what's going on? What's going on, Senator Lee? You cancel my appointment. Don't tell me. And then I come in, and you show up for a couple of minutes, and you send an intern in. You know. So uh, anyway, it's a dis- it's disrespectful. Here's an opportunity. Yeah, here's an opportunity where the most the most liberal, most feared member of the House was willing to meet with one of the most conservative senators and talk about a common thing: the Federal Reserve System. And Mike Lee canceled the appointment, and then refused to show up. So. I'm sorry, Mike, you have to go. It's time to go. Oh, I got to be honest. I'm not particularly surprised at that from uh, from Mike. Um, You know, I mean, I've seen some behavior that uh, would indicate to me that he would do something like that. But you're absolutely right. The Federal Reserve System is the biggest snow job on the American people that uh, that I can possibly imagine. You know, the United States was perfectly capable of printing and, and creating their their own money. We didn't have yeah. to borrow it from anybody. Did. Yes, and right. we did. You know, yeah. they did. United States no dollars. I've uh, I've I've written a, a parody on sixteen tons, and it's uh, yeah. And so it gets into that a little bit. And also JFK started to do it. You know, but the the, the thing about the Federal Reserve is they've shown that that the money system works. And if we were just to eliminate the corruption, if mm-hmm. we could if we could replace, and they take an O two, so this could gut them. And they need to return the assets. They need to return all of the gains that they've achieved uh, stealing our property from us. So this could be a huge uh, – I did another book talking about a tax refund. This could be a huge uh, tax refund and the elimination of all tax altogether completely because it's not necessary. Well, I mean, if there was no interest on the money that they created – 
then you're right. There would be no need to tax us for anything. But I mean, even that money that we're being taxed, I mean, it's not really paying off the money that the United States owes. No, it's not. And it's, and they're not supposed to be charging interest. They're not even supposed to be charging the principal. Okay. They're only supposed to be keeping their operating expenses. So if we study the model, we'll see that it's really quite an incredible system that they've rec- re- that they've created, but it's in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, don't just mantle it. Don't just destroy it and start with some gold standard idea or something. No. If we're able to take it over, just start eliminating the corruption and see what happens. Eliminate socialism. Eliminate unconstitutional spending. Eliminate the fact that they keep all the profit, you know, and then be very careful about the and how to uh, inject it into the economy. So I have a little chapter in my in the book that you see behind me that talks about that and gets into it. But that's that's a discussion that uh, could be pretty exciting for people to see the taxes. I mean, and Tucker, I've heard Tucker say this a couple of times. If money is created out of thin air, why are we being taxed for it? Exactly. At least we could stop there. We could enforce yeah. the nonprofit status. And if we wanted to back it with gold or silver, I've talked to people who feel like that has to happen. It's like, okay, let's let's back it with a trillionth ounce a trillionth of an ounce of gold because Amendment five states you can't have your gold and silver taken from you for public use, and that's what it would be. We don't need to back it. So if they want it back, put a, a trillionth of an ounce of gold. I'm sure there's some people would be happy to donate quite a few uh, ounces of gold to make up for that. And then if we have a constitutionally sound government, an honest government, it's no need for taxation right down to the local level. So what what do you think the perfect monetary system here in the United States would look like? Well, I think it's what we have. You just eliminate the corruption, which would eliminate taxation. And yeah. it, it would have to be kind of rebuilt. I wouldn't just I wouldn't just destroy it. But I don't want people taking our gold and silver. That happened before. And who ended up with the gold and the silver? Absolutely. Uh, the yeah. privately owned central yeah. bankers, right? So so it's a discussion to be had. And uh, if we just start eliminating, I say pick the low-hanging fruit. You know, Don't dismantle something that's going to destroy the economy. Just start eliminating socialism and eliminating uh, corrupt practices. Start allowing America to produce like it can its own oil and gas and, and construction supplies and goods and services and farming and all that stuff. And if we did all that, even under our current system, prices mm-hmm. would go down uh, drastically and the competition would bring prices down. The quality would go up. And what they're doing, that's what I think gets a little confusion. Sure, paying people not to work, that, that affects the prices. But the main problem having to do with inflation, I don't think, is the amount of money that's in the economy, but it has much more to do with the restriction of the production of goods and services, especially fuel, gas, oil, and uh, fertilizer, farming supplies, and uh, that kind of stuff. I think that's the main culprit here. So we need to get rid of these uh, representatives that are promoting and enabling all this corruption so we can start breathing again. You know, I, I, I did a little documentary. I haven't released it yet. And it was like, what would you do if you were president? You know, tell me in one sentence or less. Like you could do it in less than a sentence, right? So Steve Forbes is one of them. I think there's a, the videos on YouTube. You can see it. And I said, Steve, what would you do if you were president? You know, just one quick little one sentence or less. And he says, I would get rid of the IRS. I'd get rid of the Fed and give America freedom back, freedom again. It's like, all right. So it's Steve, uh, let's see, John Stossel and Dinesh D'Souza participated in that. It was kind of fun. I want to do more of that. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's uh, probably the best thing we could do is, you know, I mean, how easy would it be for the federal government just 
federalize the the infrastructure and the system that's already in place. Just start printing yeah. our own money. Yeah. You know, get rid of the right. board of governors. You know, no more Fed yeah. or you know, or keep the Fed right. if they need to have yeah. some handle over monetary Just policy. Enforce its nonprofit status and put yeah. good, honorable people that are subject to the oath of office. You know, that yeah. are real oath takers. And we would have a fantastic system. You know, one of the it's problems. One of the problems is lack of comprehension or understanding of the Constitution. I mean, civics isn't taught. People are not studying the Constitution anymore. Certainly, they're not teaching it in schools. And I think a lot of these people that end up taking the oath, they don't know what's in the Constitution. They don't really know well, what they're taking read, an oath to. And, they've never read and it. Actually, actually, if you study the Constitution based on what teachers teach it, there's contradictions. That's why it's important to get my book that you're seeing behind me. Yeah. Is it, connect, it connects the dots and shows that the contradictions uh, can be explained and that it's a perfect document. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. But you have to understand money. You know, I, I asked a few people. I remember I asked a congressman, a conservative. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to, you know, do that. But uh, I said uh, when the U.S. Bureau, when the U.S. Bureau of Engraving and Printing prints a hundred dollar bill, the cost is about fifteen cents. That leaves about ninety nine dollars eighty five cents profit. I said, whose profit is it? And this is a, a famous member of the U.S. House of Representatives, a conservative, really a great man. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know. And I'm thinking, you guys are so busy. You're so swamped with 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 less important things that you're missing the big picture. Mm-hmm. It's like you go back to Washington, D.C., like you're going to go to a flooded basement and you're mopping it up and you're not going to the valve and shutting it off. And so you need to go to the valve and shut it off. And the money thing is the valve. You got to shut that off. You got to get to the bottom of that. And I remember there was a congressional hearing on YouTube. And I think it was uh, I think it was Alan Grayson who was asking where nine trillion nine trillion dollars went, and it was Bernanke or someone like that that was saying, "Well, first of all, it's you don't need to worry about it because it's not part of the tax debt." So it's like, oh, they created nine trillion dollars and did something with it. So he says, "Well, who got the money? Who got the nine trillion dollars?" And the representative of the Federal Reserve said, uh, "We can't disclose the identities of the recipients because of contractual reasons. We uh, it would cause problems if we revealed who." received those nine trillion dollars it's like uh protects us against enemies domestic and foreign we're mm-hmm. allowing nine trillion dollars to go to foreign entities and we haven't got a clue who they are and what happened to the other members of congress they oh. should have been all over that mm-hmm. when they when they were in that hearing that should have exploded that. but it didn't did it it no. didn't and maybe it's because they're receiving money Oh, Maybe certainly. They're, they're, you know, <laughs> receiving money from it all. And they're, yeah. and they're, so the Congress is supposed to protect us against attacks on our currency. And what are they doing? They're protecting the enemy who's, who is, who owns our currency and taking they're, it over. They're compromised. I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, that's, that's the most so obvious thing. They need thing. to go. Yeah. yeah. They need to go. They need to be removed and replaced. All right. And hopefully well, this this case will do it. <laughs> I, I I certainly hope so too. I, I'm I'm going to be buying your book. Uh, I'm really looking forward Great. to that, and I'm going to be presenting it to Great. the audience as well. Highly suggest you guys do that. Is that available as well at Seven Discoveries? Yeah, Seven Discoveries dot com. You can download a PDF version of it for two dollars and fifty cents. But oh the, wow, the that's very nice. Coming, we'll have. I think they have. We have some now in stock. We're just a little backward. We hope. We think we'll be able to, in a couple of days, be caught up. So right. those of you who have already ordered and haven't received it, please be patient. And we have a new shipment coming in, and we want to get this to every single person in America. 
That's great. Yeah. Well, I, I I will be buying both the electronic and the physical copy because obviously I can read that on my tablet and then I'll be able to get the physical copy in hand. But yes, you guys, people, you know, sometimes I think the general public doesn't necessarily understand how the sausage is made behind the scenes. You know, there's a lot of moving parts, especially printing and, and producing a product like this. Uh, you know, so yes, uh, make sure that you give Lloyd the time to get you that book and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I need to say thank you to Lonely Germany says GTR Don. I don't know what that means, but thank you very much for the the $20 donation. Uh, We've got two people on the line. You guys, the calls are open, so please feel free to jump on that Zoom information. You can see the phone number on screen right now with the meeting ID and the passcode. If you have uh, Zoom installed on your computer or your phone, then you can use this link right here. Just click it, and then that will bring you into the call. Uh, Lloyd, I'm going to Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A 
human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. To see if we have any additional questions over here on the Foxhole, which is right. one of one of the uh, sure. uh, platforms we use. My friend Sean Joe, uh, Sean Joe, thank you for that cookie. Average Joe Patriot, he says prayers for Mark Lamb and family, also for the J six prisoners. Much love. Uh, yes, I don't know if you ha- did. You see this that uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County, Arizona, his uh, his son and his granddaughter died in a car accident. Uh, just yeah. last night or this morning. Terrible stuff. Terrible yeah. stuff. Uh, thank you to Sean Joe. Thank you to Ventmore. He says, uh, Xmas wine cookie. I don't know what that means either. Rise Attire says, Donald Trump should pay the millions. Pay the millions for what? You're talking about January 6th at the beginning of the show. Uh, Oki7, thank you for that. Can Pop Secret says, RP78, you always bring the best. Uh, thank you very much for that cookie. Scout65 says, thank you, RP, for everything you do. You and your shows are very appreciated. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, Lou Ann V says, I sent my letter to SCOTUS. Let's inundate the office with support. Yes, and I would really like to hear from you guys and verify to me that you actually did send that letter. Uh, because I do calls to action all the time. People don't always respond or let me know that they're actually participating. But this is really something that it's it's a low bar, uh, low threshold uh, for you guys to get in on this one. You know, a piece of paper, uh, print it off from your computer. You sign it. Uh, what is it? A stamp is, what, 59 cents or something like that? You send it off. Send a copy to Loy and his brothers. <clears throat> and then send me an email. Uh, thank you, Luann. Sean Joe, thank you again for those cookies. And then he also says, RP, uh, what does he say about the crooked election process? Cannot operate under old elections. Loy, obviously, a lot of people watching the show believe that uh, our system is just so corrupted that, you know, how do we get past that? But if we're replacing every elected official in the United States government, uh, then that goes a long way towards doing that. What do you think about operating well, under this system? We're, we're, stripping, we're stripping immunity, too. So this is retroactive. Yeah. So those people who have hurt us, uh, with with violation, you know, with fraud having to do with elections can be civilly liable retroactively. Right. So this is going to this this is the Achilles heel. This could just completely change the whole climate. The justices have an opportunity to be superheroes here, uh, which would affect everything having to do with fraud and politics and elections and everything else having to do with our government. Okay, excellent. Uh, Rise Attire, he says, question, what about the congressman who wanted to have the trial? Also, how is the president's slot filled? So, yes, this is not just members of Congress. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are also included as defendants, correct? Exactly right. And that would be up to the justices and maybe up to the majority House leader, how that would be filled, you know, and then we'd probably have a special election. I don't know. It's just a uh, but remember, the, the case isn't about who we want in as president and vice president and members of Congress. This is simply to remove the breach and to remove those that participated or benefited from it that could have could have uh, pushed back against it and didn't. So. All right. And then about. Lonely German, uh, get her done. Lonely German was saying get her done. Sorry, I, it, <laughs> I didn't didn't pick that up the first time. Uh, Rise Attire also says, uh, so we heard Loy's best case scenario what is the worst case scenario? Uh, the worst case scenario may not be such a bad scenario, but time is of the essence here. What they could do is they could decide it and not move forward, which would be that if they vote 
against it. It's like voting against the Constitution. It's sort of right. an act of intrusion by itself. But we're prepared with a motion for reconsideration where they can reconsider. And if we have more of a groundswell at that time, maybe we need a lot more uh, uh, activity and, and participation from we the people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's growing exponentially now. So if they decide to not let it move forward, we have a motion for reconsideration uh, that would be backed up hopefully by 75, 100 million letters, right? Beautiful. And that could change their mind. Uh, let's see. Liberty Bells says, uh, Red Pill 788, thank you for all you do. Porpoiseful, thank you for that cookie. And then Patriots Win says, what's up, Red Pill? I appreciate all you do and have done and are truly the news now. Uh, love you. Keep up the great work. Thank you very, very much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. We're going to bring in our first caller. This is DJ Vector. Vector Loy is uh, one of our Australian correspondents, a patriot from down under who is uh, a real compatriot in uh, trying to save America and the world. Vector, you're on the air. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Thank you for those kind words, Zach, my brother. Uh, I really appreciate you, and thank you for having me on again for the second day in a row. Hello, Loy. Very exciting. I I really wanted to get on and speak to you because I've had a lot of people in the uh, the research and on community that have been contacting me the last few days and and asking me exactly about this. And, you know, I have to say I was was pretty – uh, negative about it, but after having hearing he speak, I, I guess I'm a bit more positive and um, okay. you might actually have something there. So I wish you the best of luck, sir, and I hope that's all going to work you. out. So Thank listen, uh, maybe I've, I've missed it here. Let's just say you win this case, whatever. Like, what's the remedy here? Uh, are, are we looking to, to get Trump back? Like, what's what? How, do, how does no? How does that's not the purpose of it. That there, there are two purposes. Main purpose of this case, and that is to strip the immunity uh, laws. In California, they actually have an immunity. Uh, I, they actually have a perjury law that excludes politicians when they when they swear an oath of the Constitution. You can swear an oath in court, and you're going to be a, and if you lie, you're accountable for a perjury. But politicians have actually been given immunity. There are a lot of immunity statutes in states that are just completely against the U.S. Constitution and the state constitution. So what this would do, uh, Article Six of the Constitution, as I mentioned earlier, is very clear. It demands that the oath be binding, that they shall be bound by oath to this constitution, and that means they're subject to liability and they're subject to penalties. And they've maneuvered the laws in such a way to give themselves immunity, but those laws are unconstitutional, so they can be changed, they can be stricken, and that's the one of the one of the things that the justices could do is strip immunity. And the other is remove these people who should have investigated. You know, when you go to a police department and you say that there's a crime, they're obligated to investigate, and if not, they could actually be held uh, liable criminally for not doing that. And when you have two witnesses, actually the Constitution states that two witnesses in a court of law can actually convict someone on treason. So when you have a 100 witnesses claiming there are crimes and fraud and all kinds of horrible stuff going on that need to be investigated, and the other members of Congress refuse and vote against it, then they become accomplices to the damage. So the, the, the thing, it was a huge security breach, and that's what this case is about. It's not about the outcome of the election. It's not about whether there was a sufficient fraud or not. It was about when there's any evidence of crimes and malfeasance, you're obligated to investigate based on your oath and, and laws. And they failed to Lloyd, do that. So. Don't they? Um, okay, so that having been said, don't, aren't, don't, if you see a crime and you don't report it, especially if it's a serious crime like a murder or something like that, you become an accessory to the crime if you don't report it. Is, is that a factor 
in, in any of well, this. That's, this that's, kind yeah, of it, well, it's even worse than that. You have it reported to you and you're a police and you're law enforcement and you don't investigate. And so if you say, hey, I saw a murder taking place or someone is being you know, hurt right now and they don't investigate, they don't go out there, then they become a part of the crime. And so uh, that's what happened is all these witnesses saying, hey, here's a ton of evidence that we've had a national security breach. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like I mentioned about the iceberg on a ship, you see something, you're going to investigate. You're going to make sure that it's a safe, that the waters are safe. You're going to make sure that there isn't an element having to do with this, uh, this, this, this evidence, that there isn't something really serious, much more serious than what may seem on the surface. And they were supposed to investigate and check it out make sure there's no connection to any really serious immediate threats to the national security and the threats of the constitution. They've taken up, uh, they've taken an oath to defend. So it's, it's really about, they failed to do their job. Their job is to be watchmen and defend us against breaches. And they failed to do that. And so it's like you would, if you had a security guard that was supposed to not let anyone through the gate and they just, they blocked maybe 500, but they let one in they go, well, what's one. It's like, well, one, can cause a lot of damage. And so you're fired. You know, Certainly. you're not going to come back here. We're going to get someone that is going to keep, you know, do their job 100%. Because just like a surgeon, you know, I had a friend who says that we bury our mistakes. It's like, well, we can't afford that. We wow. can't afford to have a security guard uh, let one go and say, well, I'm 99% good and just one. Well, which is one can cause a lot of damage. And so they, they, they blew it. They shouldn't have done that. They should have gone ahead with the investigation. Sure did. Uh, listen, v- Vector, Vector, we, Vector, we, we got to take a break for the second half of the show. I've got to play my sponsor ad. So stick around. Okay. We're going to be back in about 30 seconds. All right, we're back. Thank you very much. Now, Vector, somebody in the chat, good day, sailor, uh, says, do you know anything about the Australians or Canadians being adopted through to the U.S. Constitution because the crown was caught in crimes against humanity and was dismantled? I've certainly not well, heard anything about that, and I would think that that would be a stretch but uh anything on your end vector the only thing i would say about that is that there's things that people have talked about about australia being incorporated and and being unofficially the 51st state of the united states of america especially after everything that happened in the second world war Mm -hmm. so i'm not really sure what's going on there and there was also uh like a a coup that was allegedly (laughs) uh, put together by the uh, the clowns in America and the MI5, MI6, whatever, in the 70s to uh, depose um, uh, Gough Whitlam uh, or whoever it was that uh, that 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 got the ass. Anyway, uh, it's hard to hard to explain. There's just so much grey area of what's going on here in Australia. And then there's the disappearance of Harold Holt and all this other kind of stuff. So there's a lot of dodgy stuff going on in Australia. It wouldn't surprise me. It'd be fascinating to know if we are a part of the United States in some way, uh, because I've heard this said many times and. Um, uh, you know, it's just a, such a weird relationship. We're part of the Commonwealth. We're part of the British Empire. Uh, yet we've got our security arrangements with the United States. And it's all just so strange, especially the Five Eyes in particular, you know, mm. Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, England, uh, et cetera. So um, what do you think about that? Is there any truth yeah. to that? Lloyd, that was a hard no from you right off the bat. Uh, uh, have you heard anything about that? No, you're muted. Oh, No. I mean, I can see that it looks like your microphone is connected, but I can't hear anything. Vector, can you hear him? No, I can't hear anything. Yeah, still nothing coming through, Loy. I don't know if you can hear me either, but uh, 
You that, can. You can. Okay. You can hear us, but we can't hear you. I don't know what's going on there. Hmm. All right. We'll, uh, we're waiting to see if that gets fixed. I was going to say, uh, while we're waiting, Zach, um, what, what does Lloyd think is especially, but what do you think as well? Can we trust the SCOTUS, the current Supreme Court? We've got, uh, you know, Katanya Brown Jackson on there. We've got some other people that are on the left there, but then we've also got Amy Coney Barrett and Justice Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch. So where are we at here? Uh, I don't want to make any comments about this, you know, the, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, because, you know, John Roberts, not. Man. but yes, yeah, but like, what do you, what do you think? Can we trust these people? Yes or no? I just don't trust that they're going to do the right thing. Even if the law compels them to, and the constitution says that, that they do like all these other branches of government, are, like, you know, shouldn't they have already acted? You know, what's this crap all the time that people that are going to court don't have standing in particular. How can people like, you know, not have standing in a lot of these cases? There's just so much evidence of fraud. It's so blatant. And, um, you know, does this also connect in with, um, the bonds for the win thing, you know, as far as the breaking of the oath is concerned? You know, uh, thinking about Mickey there and, uh, and what's happening with that. So, you know, is that another way that we can get them to, to essentially get into trouble because they've, they've broken their oath. And so they have a bond, all of these people. Does that fit into this as well? Go ahead. Loy, let's, yeah, your microphone is still not working. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Um, yeah. I don't know what is going on, guys, uh, because his microphone was working just fine, and then all of a sudden it stopped working. All right, so maybe if he leaves and comes back, then that'll go. Uh, so, you know, okay. the, the, so you know, from my perspective, uh, Loy's case is all about that oath that all of these officials took to the Constitution, and uh, it has nothing to do with political affiliation or beliefs. I mean, the interpretation of the Constitution is, uh, I mean, fairly strict. I mean, you agree to uphold and defend that founding document. And if you don't uphold and defend that founding document, you've broken your oath and that should disqualify you. But I understand what you're saying. I mean, if if they take Loy's case and they throw it out and they say, no, you know, this this has no merit or anything like that. Uh, then they're essentially saying that the Constitution has no merit and the oath that these elected officials have taken uh, doesn't mean anything. And so that kind of would invalidate the whole system of government that we have. So how can they not take this uh, and and move it along to a successful completion and uh, and actually give us the uh, uh, the outcome that we're hoping for, which would be the disqualification of all of these people? Okay, let's bring Loy back in again and see if his microphone is working. Okay, and we're going to bring Loy back in. Loy, are you there? I'm here. Can you yes. Me? Praise the yes. Lord. Your okay. microphone works. <laughs> what happened? I'm using a cell phone. And when people call in, it's happened with other Zooms. And there's something you can do on your side after we set the mic or something. Huh. Uh, unmute it, mute it, whatever. I don't know what it was, but they've been able to fix it. But it's, I thought I blocked calls from coming in. So I apologize for that. That's oh, okay. But that, no that's, a, that's a good question. You know, we've analyzed, you know, you're talking about the justices. Uh, it's interesting. There have been several Supreme Court cases having to do with uh, reinstating Trump. Okay. And uh, there were some justices that voted in favor of that. You mentioned, you know, Alito and uh, 
and uh, Clarence Thomas and John Roberts actually voted in favor of those. So that was pretty extreme. And then uh, the Trump appointed justices voted against, you know, Barrett, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch. And so it's interesting. But now that we've had Roe versus Wade, they were all, you know, they were all in, in other cases that that they basically, uh, well, Roe versus Wade, didn't they basically swear on their mother's grave that they wouldn't reverse Roe versus Wade? Yeah, they did. They got <laughs> into it, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so that's, that's been, so I think, I think this, they've been threatened. And I think they've been threatened a lot more than we le- realize. They have been threatened publicly, which incites riot, which incites harm. You know, uh, 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 Chuck Schumer, you know, we're coming after you, Barrett. We're going to get you, Gorsuch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was okay. pretty, pretty, you know, pretty brazen stuff. And so and they're not protected in front of their homes. I've heard that these some of these justices don't even live there anymore. I mean, they that's their houses, but they can't stay there because of the threats. And then the threats to stack the court and then Mm -hmm. all this horrible, crazy stuff that's going on where they're trying to convince people that they're not human, basically, that they're they can't figure out whether Katanya Jackson Brown, she can't define a woman. What a lie. I mean, wasn't she there because because she represented herself to be a woman to Joe Biden? And then she says she can't define a woman. I mean, good grief. So the the fact that this case is only about the Constitution and upholding it and the oath, basically, and that these justices have been so attacked and they're so threatened, I think they might as well be the plaintiff. They might as well be the plaintiffs in this. So I think the time has come where they know it's it's we got they have to do something because we're at a tipping point here. We don't know how bad it could get. And it's a slippery slope. So. I personally think it's going to be a nine to zero vote. And I think the uh, solicitor general wow. that's taken over who signed a waiver. She could have got an extension. She could have said something and she's she famous it. for doing. She's famous for doing what she wants to do, regardless of who she's representing. So yeah. she could have after that, she could have, uh, she, she was raked over the coals and publicly humiliated by one of the defendants. I'm not going to say what it was, but I saw something going on. Um, with her, so she could. I, I don't think she'd have any problem at all going down in history as the most famous solicitor general by conceding and saying, "I concede." Uh, it's a, a clear cut case, but you justices, of course, you're going to do what you want. But this is my position, and that's why I filed a, a waiver. So I think I, I'm very positive. I think it's right now. It's educating people in the power of the, the the Constitution is supposed to have, and the oath of office is supposed to have. So uh, I'm going to go, Lloyd, but I really appreciate that. And you're educating me about the Constitution as well. Um, uh, I know there's a lot of people that are waiting on. I just wanted to thank you for your work. And you've answered a lot of questions for me and a lot of Patriot anons out there that are, are working on this. So let's hope that gives everyone a little bit of hope. Thank you so much, Zach. And Absolutely. let's hope uh, uh, these people can be put in jail. Fuck you. Hey, Sorry. You'll be in jail. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay. Not you. All right, thank, thank you. you. I'll see you guys later. Love you. Bye. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Excellent. Great questions, Factor. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's bring in our next caller. Caller, you're on the air. Make sure you mute that stream. And can we get your name? Sterling Cannabis. Sterling Cannabis. So good to hear from you, friend. How you been? Good. How you doing, Zach? Excellent. I am excited beyond belief for this interview. Um. Just over two weeks ago was the first time I saw you in an interview, and I started contacting everybody I knew, and they were all telling me, oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. It ain't going to go anywhere. Little by little, everybody's been jumping on. And 
The, but the first time I I read through the stuff and saw the interview, first, this has got legs. And I think it's got room to go somewhere. Um, you, you know, the, mostly what I want to I was just going to I was just going to say, Sterling, I mean, there there has been so much interest in this case. So many people have been begging me to talk about it. You know, when I first learned about it a couple of weeks ago, I just mentioned it briefly on air because I was like, you know, how how, how realistic could this possibly be? But then looking into it, it's not like they're making any crazy claims. All they're saying is that. No, not at all. It's, the, just, it's, it's rock solid. It's so basic. It's so basic. How can they not agree with you? I do have a question that you guys can help me with. Um, I am technologically inept. I want to send in the letter. I don't have a printer. Is there a way that I can get into the letter online and send the Supreme Court an electronic copy of it? No, you don't want to do that. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Uh, yeah, sign it. It doesn't sign it handwritten, handwritten, and and sign another one that's a duplicate of what you wrote. Just copy it with your with a pen. I think okay. those are the yeah, most. I, I can do that. Ones. I can go in there, find the one that's out there, and, and just yeah, handwritten sure. copy it. Yeah. And then add add your input. How it affects you personally? How do you feel personally about you know the Constitution and the oath of office and honest representation, add your own, you know, make it a personal thing. I think they, I think the Supreme court files every single letter. So you're actually, you're actually participating in a historical uh, moment here and it'll be, it'll be in the archives and maybe there'll be a building, you know, built where it'll have, you know, all these people who wrote letters, (laughs) but at least it'll be archived in some way. That would be wonderful. It might just be a big old paper dump, but you know what? That would be wonderful. Well, you know, I mean, think about it. How how, how often do people write to the Supreme Court of the United States? I mean, how often do Americans really get involved in the process, I think, is a better question here. I, I mean, I, we have a real opportunity to, uh, in a unified the, the voice, only show that. Washington I ever wrote in my life was Jerry Ford. And that's when he was a representative from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. What did you uh, so write Gerald Ford about? It's been a long, long time. What did you write Gerald Ford uh, about, Sterling? Oh, my godfather was a lobbyist for GM, mm-hmm. and he got invited over to dinner a few times, and so it was really just, you know, thank yous for coming over and talking to me and asking me if I wanted to be MK Ultra, kind of. <laughs> really? <laughs> Did he just well, he, he asked me if I wanted to be president. Mm-hmm. And at eight years of age, I said, hell no without the hell. <laughs> Always a smart one. Always a smart one. All right. Well, uh, Sterling, thank you so but, much for um, calling in, buddy. And do me a favor. Right, when you... One more little thing I want to add for you. Okay. Because I appreciate you bringing on this interview so very much. I've got a new coin that I'm going to be pouring um, within the next week. Excellent. And it's kind of a, it goes a little bit further than the last one. This one is kind of a winning coin. Okay. On one side, it has a nice fold USA, and on the back, it has a full spread 
Screaming Eagle. Love it. Absolutely love it. I'll show it off on air when you send it. I will send you one when I, when I get them done. All right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You Thank guys you for have your call. Have a blessed day and Merry Christmas. God bless you. Merry Christmas, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Excellent. Okay. Uncensored Abe is coming in next. Abe is another podcaster and uh, my, one of the co-hosts on a, another show that I do on Thursdays. Abe, are you there? Go ahead and unmute. And Mike, check over. Yes, we've got you. Yeah, welcome to the program, Mr. Brunson. Great to meet you, Zach. How are you today? Excellent. Thank excellent. you. Doing well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm I'm trying to get a camera to work. Okay. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, for a moment. I forgot I had them all blocked. Um, okay. Uh, did I hear you say? I think I saw an interview that that I heard that. Um, so, how did the the case come about? Did, I thought I heard that there was that the court petitioned uh, your group or uh, a, a, a team or something. How did how did they originally no. come about? No, we started it. My brother is the legal mind behind it, and he had been suing banks in state and federal court. And he had a lot of experience doing that because he was upset with some stuff that was the subprime mortgages were being bundled and sold in the stock market. And he, I mean, he yeah, I lost my house from that. Hurt, but yeah. And so he decided to bring some actions against some banks and he, but he didn't want to hire an attorney. He had a love for the law. He always wanted to be a lawyer, I think. And so he just had a love for studying the law. So he, he found a, he found a course in rules of civil procedure. And the course was basically, Know the rules better than the attorneys follow the rules. No, beat them at their own game. And when you go into court, go knowing that you're probably going to get dismissed, but you're going to go to an appeal, you're going to appeal it. And the appellate attorneys and the appellate courts are much more strict when it comes to rules of civil procedure and the law and the rules. So you can prevail if you do it that way. So he really got into it and studied and he had some success, but sometimes judges, no matter how right you are, they're just going to rule against you. But he had a judgment against a bank, and, and they got it over. So specific to this case, though, how, how did this case get get into in front of the court? Okay. Well, actually, it started with me being the, uh, the plaintiff in federal court, okay? And uh, there are three of us that were working on this, three brothers. And as we started having problems with the judges with my case, blocking it, not even letting me file after it had been filed and served to some defendants, they canceled it and blocked it out. So my brother Rollin decided, and we felt great about it, that he would file an identical case because we kind of got the bugs out of mine. Mine's, at a, mine's a fourth amended complaint, and his was identical to that. So he filed in state court. He filed an action in state court against 388 uh, defendants claiming that there was a security breach and that there should have been a pause in an investigation, and there shouldn't have been people taking position as president and vice president until that breach had been you know, fixed until there had been an investigation. And so he started, he went in state court and got dismissed. They got it removed. The U.S. attorneys moved it, removed it. It's called removed it to federal court. And then he lost there and he appealed it. We knew he would lose. And then he went to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals and uh, they wouldn't make a decision. And then we found a special rule that if the Supreme Court uh, uh, believes that it's a national emergency, they'll let you bypass the requirement of getting the final lower court's decision, which he did. And the court called him and actually gave him permission to file an emergency petition. And then the, the lower court made a decision, so he didn't have to do it that the, way. The, the court yeah. called him? Yes. 
Really? Yeah, do you do you yeah, have any kind of correspondence or anything anything to to point more to? That? I'd be I'd be really be interested in in hearing more about that because I myself yeah. am a well, I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night, so, but, but I'm an amateur constitutional lawyer myself. <laughs> is this something that I could do? Well, if the the main thing is you need to start in the lower court and and you need to lose, and so you can appeal it. But for a, it to be categorized as a national emergency case, uh, okay. what we so we actually Perfect. in the interest of time, let's let's, yeah. let's keep keep it moving. In the interest of time, I apologize. I don't want to take up too much of Zach's time. I got I got two more topics I want to get to, but the qualified immunity statute um, has is something that has driven me nuts throughout my entire life. Qualified immunity protects the government official from lawsuits alleging that the official violates rights, only allowing suits where officials violated a clearly established statutory constitutional right. I think I heard you say that the expected remnants is dealing with this, this of qualified immunity slash immunity in general. Okay, you're breaking up. I can't yeah. hear you, but I think I can answer your question. I'm not a lawyer. Okay, but I think I can answer your question based on what the the U.S. attorneys were doing for the defense. Um, They were claiming absolute immunity. They were claiming that uh, that they could do anything they want because they had absolute immunity. And they also claimed that we were in the wrong, that we couldn't pursue this because we didn't have a waiver. We didn't get permission from the sergeant in arms. We basically were suing in the wrong court. Okay, we're supposed to if you bring a claim against the government or government specific to the remedy side of it is is that the goal of like like he said w- what is the expect is the goal of this because oh, on the, the docket case yeah, say what, again? what we're asking for in damages is that what you're saying well, well yeah what's the expected remedy and, and you mentioned that there was more looking towards the the reason why i asked that is because the quest is presented uh says a serious conflict exists between decisions rendered from this court and lower appeals court, along with constitutional provisions and statutes in deciding whether a trial court has the jurisdiction. As you mentioned, this case uncovers a serious national security breach that is unique and is of the first impression uh, due to the serious nature of this case. It involves the possible removal of the sitting president of the United States. This is why people are up in arms about this because they believe that the result of this case is going to be the removal of the president and the vice president of the United States. And so can we address that specifically with as many people as we possibly can right now to either put that to bed or to, or to understand what the, the damages or the expected remedy is from this? Well, that is one of the remedies that Supreme Court, and I think attorneys would agree that they have the power. Now, whether they'll do it or not, that's another question. But they actually, so, they absolutely Supreme have the power to remove the sitting president, vice president. Yes. Supreme the power to remove a. They absolutely do, and if you think about it, if it were I, a criminal, I completely, yeah, yeah, you're completely, breaking I'm up. Sorry, so, I'm sorry, I disagree, sir. You're breaking up. Yeah, yeah ABA, ABA, of separation of powers. Abe, you're, you're breaking up so bad, oh. and I, I, well, I, here's I, an I, yeah, yeah. Maybe I could. Here's an example. Let's say that a member of let's say a member of Congress uh, uh, committed murder, and he was tried in a state court. And uh, the U.S. attorneys were, you know, or the attorneys were uh, defending him, and they they couldn't overturn the murder decision. And he ends up at the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court upholds the murder charge, and it's capital punishment in that state. And he would, based on a Supreme Court decision, he would be found guilty, and and capital punishment would would take effect and capital punishment is as a form of removing someone from office, right? 
Yeah, so uh, no, they have. I've talked very, to several very, attorneys very, about this. I have a friend who's the, a former and, member of Congress. He's a lawyer. He's worked in the Supreme Court Justice's Chief Justice's office, and he said they absolutely have the power to do this. Whether I, they I, do it or not. can you hear me? Okay, now. Yeah, well, I can hear you now. Okay, I, I tried to turn off as many things yeah. as possible. I, I respectfully, I completely disagree with you. The, the Supreme Court does not have the power to remove the President of the United States. It, it's the 25th oh. Amendment, and the 25th Amendment lays it out very clearly what and what is the procedures for removing a president or a vice president. Okay, we're talking about treason. They could be removed and barred from holding public office the rest of their lives. Now, I, I, I would not. I, my, are you what? what let me, are you let me original style? Yeah, let me just here. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead, Lloyd. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the Supreme Court is the final say. If anything is deemed unconstitutional, who's the one that says whether it is or not? Now, you're raising a constitutional issue, and that would be challenged. And who would be the final decider on that? It would be the Supreme Court, right? We're talking about the Supreme Court. We're not talking about uh, we're not talking about anything else. And so this is a unique case. It's an unusual case. It's never been done before. And uh, they could they can do whatever the hell they want. The Supreme Court has already decided that babies are not human. How'd they do that? Isn't there a protection in the Constitution, the basic protections of, of rights in the Constitution? I mean, the Supreme Court can do anything they damn well please. You know, and if you're going to challenge it, they're the final decision. You know, it's no, like, oh, I, what are you going to? How are you going to? How, what are you going to do? You're going to take them to court and say they? I would not that? want. I would not want uh, one of these lawfare geniuses, Lawrence Time, something like that, in 2020, filing a with the Supreme Court and and finding a legal loophole to remove President Trump. I the, the separation of powers is clear, and there is no legal remedy for a case like this to remove a president of the United States. So okay, I'll, so I'll let you go. I'll let you go, get to other callers. Why don't you go tell the Supreme Court that, that you won't let him do it? Okay. No, it's, the, it's I don't have to tell them that. You know if you're, the you the Supreme Court is an originalist. You know, Hold on a second. Now you're arguing Constitution. No, no, I'm not going to listen to this. The, just one second. Okay. All right, all right. Just one second. Let me just get a final word in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abe, Abe, you're you're every time that you start talking, you start breaking up so bad, and then you don't know when Loy's talking and and Loy is trying to talk at the same time. Just get one last word in. And then we're going to. No, I'm going to cut off right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, Loy. The Supreme Court does not. Abe, Abe, Supreme Court does not. Okay, Abe is gone. Abe's gone. Abe's gone. Okay, okay. I want to say something about Abe. Yeah. I like him. I think he's a great guy, okay? But now's not the time and the place to argue a constitutional issue like that. I know how extreme this sounds. Now, they don't have to remove members of office. They don't have to remove a president. They can do something else. I'm just saying they have the power to do it sure. because they are the final say uh, uh, regarding any constitutional issue. It's really a, it's a challenging discussion. It'd be nice to visit with Abe where we're, you know, we have some time to really go back and forth, but yeah, now's sure. not the place for that. So, Abe, I thank you for calling in. I think you're great. Okay, I'll put I'll put you guys in touch after the show, and you can hash anything out. But but you're right. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I'm going to do this interview, yeah. and I've been going quite. I've had a break that I normally don't have, but I don't really have time to get into discussions. Like I that. understand. I understand. I mean, this is unprecedented. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. I mean, not, you know, yeah, they have the power. I've talked to really smart <clears throat> attorneys, and they say that the Supreme Court has the power but they don't think they're going to do it but they have the power to do it sure. look the president and the congress could not change the Roe versus wade vote or decision right they screamed and hollered and they couldn't do anything about it could they no. even yeah. though the Roe versus wade was like the end of the world for them 
Okay. The Absolutely. Supreme Court has the final say. They can do whatever the hell they want. There we go. Okay. Uh, bringing in our next caller, and I want to say thank you to Catherine. Uh, Catherine had asked where the link was for that letter. I shared it in all the chats. And if you are looking for that letter, you can find it in the description of all the videos. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, Rob, This is Robert from uh, Daytona area, Zach. Hey, Robert. Hey, you're my neighbor, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you and I both have a mutual friend who lives next door to you. Oh, good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for calling in. What's on your mind? All right. Uh, three things, and one actually is for you. But to start off with, um, some you were talking about the financial system. There's a great video out there, um, if you can find it, and it's called The Money Masters. And it oh, talks yes. about the creation of the financial reserve system and breaks it down all the way back from Europe That's to a great Bank of way. England. Yes. Yeah. Can I? And, uh, don't, don't get into explaining that. Let me. Can I make a comment about that? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Bill Steele's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, he's the one that produced it. And that was that was that was what got me going on the Federal Reserve. That is an incredible documentary. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. So that's uh, the money masters, and I think there are twenty-two parts of it. You know, on the internet, on YouTube, uh, and it was the most watched well, film at all t- on YouTube at one time. So it's amazing. Everyone should watch that. Say, so go on. Agreed. Uh, the one I was just talking to Bill. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to Bill Steele a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. I've always wanted to interview Bill, but go ahead, Robert. Um, second, I don't know if you guys have paid attention to the uh, recent release of the JFK information the past couple of days. Uh, Tucker Carlson and Glenn Beck have both commented on it. And, you know, with the way it sounds, the intelligence agencies have been, you know, for the most part, it seems like they've been colluding outside the country for yeah. making changes in this country. If there's any validity to that, which from the way they describe it, there is, and how they went after Trump, who's to say that this isn't the same kind of scenario that they're going to try and influence the court systems, the Supreme Court, or even the members of Congress and, and the Senate? Um, you know, for doing exactly what they've been doing, even God, I guess you could say even during the George Bush era type situations, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of scenarios, you know, have you ever watched the John Barber, uh, John Barber probably has more interview tape with Jim Garrison than any person on the planet. John's been on the show before too. Yeah. Has John been on the show? He's a good guy. First, his first documentary, what was his first documentary? It, It was around the time that the JFK with the, Kevin Costner was produced. Yes. I lived in Burbank, California at the time, and I'm the one that connected John Barber with the Blue Ridge film. Oh, wow. That, uh, produced it. Uh, I think it was so called I the was, Garrison I Tapes. Saw, I saw, yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff, and John and I used to hang out quite a bit, and so interesting stuff, but it yeah. doesn't have anything well, to do with what I'm doing. <clears throat> I'm well, go the reason why I bring it. I, I, I think I'm going to have to go pretty quick, because I've, oh, I've really? really gone quite a while, and Okay. This has been great. I really enjoy it. But I don't want to get off onto other stuff, and I have a lot to do. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the reason why, the reason why. Let's, yeah, go ahead and finish up your question, Robert, because if Lloyd's got to go, I don't want to keep him. I'll say one more thing. John and I met with, John and I met with the uh, chairman of the board of a major oil company, and we talked about Johnson. It was a very interesting discussion. So, anyway, so that's a fascinating topic. Yeah, let's go on to something else that relates to what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. the reason why I say it is because uh, Bill Cooper, who wrote, you know, Behold the Pale Horse, had talked about a lot of these institutions being compromised, even up to including the Supreme Court. I'm like, you know, a part of it is, you know, how do we combat that influence from outside intelligence agencies or even from other countries? 
And uh, finally, for Zach, and I'll let you go. Um, the reason why I brought this up is because uh, I talked to um, you know our friend, mm-hmm. and I said, I wonder if you'd be interested in maybe doing a dialect, because I have done like... I guess you could say since I was roughly 12, 13 years old, just historical research and how a lot of these things, not, not so much dot connecting, but just seeing how the history has influenced a lot of where we are and things like, you know, the, the manipulation through the era of George Bush and, mm-hmm. and just things I would kind of shed a lot of light and things, things that he and I talked about before you had moved down here yeah. that some of your guests have talked about, but goes even deeper than what they know. Yeah. To have them put us in touch. I'd be happy to get together. He's uh, he's got my number, so I mean, if okay. you get a chance, you know, meet up with him, or uh, I'll remind him when I see him Monday. So, okay, appreciate it. You guys have a good evening, and I uh, enjoy your show, man. Thank, Thank you, really appreciate it. Have a great night. All right, appreciate it. Okay, and so you said as long as it's on topic, you can stick around, or you have to leave. I'll stick around a little while longer okay. until I feel like I better get because I'm having fun. It's a Saturday night. What else would I be doing, right? Okay, all right, I appreciate it. All right, caller, caller, you're on the air. Make sure you mute that stream. <laughs> Monday. So. Caller, can you hear me? Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Yep. Can can we get your name? Yeah, my name is Larry. Larry, welcome to the program. Uh, what's your question for Loy? Yeah. Hey, man. I just wanted to say you're a fellow Michigander. Yep. And uh, kind of hard to hear you from my end here. But, well, you're coming in. Loud my, and clear. my my one question, my one question for Lloyd. Hey, man, how many letters have you guys gotten? That's a good question. I think uh, it just started up about four days ago. I think the first batch was around 200, and now I think as of yesterday, the total have been 4,500. I think after today, it's going to be closer to 8,000. So it's really growing fast. Okay, good, good. So they're starting. You're starting to get some kind of uh, yeah. headway on that. So then. people are really getting involved. Right, they want to be a part of history. Yeah, thank you. Nice. So my next question on a one to ten confidence level, the Supreme Court, you know, through the things you know that that, that you've done and you've been communicating with them and having the clerk and slash attorney contact you guys. What do you think, man? As far as them. Uh, actual scene or you know doing their job which they should be doing well uh i think they're threatened and this would protect them and i think they are serious about the oath of you know some of them are at least the six mm-hmm. and uh three of them have voted in favor of trump related lawsuits which would be much more extreme than this i mean this is just about the oath of office and the constitution what is what is there a debate about it right mm-hmm. and anyone any yeah. of the justices that would vote against it are basically saying that they don't believe the constitution is worth anything that they can announce the court of defense. So in a way, they would be committing an act against their own oath. So I'm very optimistic. And I think it's, I think there's a lot of divine intervention. I think there are a lot of miracles that happen. People don't recognize, and sometimes they do. And I think, uh, I think we're going to see a miracle. That's what I think. So it's, I mean, we're just a few days away. This isn't a long way. January 6th is conference. And if it goes to conference and comes out and moves forward, or if it's already adjudicated by then, I mean, this is, it's kind of an exciting waiting game with not a lot of waiting. So we have we have a lot to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. It, re- it really is stunning when you yeah. think about how long some of these cases sit, like, you know, waiting for the court to take them up. You know, people know nothing for months and months and months. And you guys, I mean, it's been fast tracked. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's shocking to see how quickly this is moving along. 2023 might be a really good year. All right. Uh, anything else for Lloyd? I know. And it, it's phenomenal. 
And, and you know, I'm sorry, I got one more question there, Zach. Okay. But so now is what do you think the significance is of the January sixth that they put that date out? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a joke. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's a joke, and I don't think it's an in-your-face kind of a statement. I think it's it's lit- it's for us, the people. It's, yeah. I think they're serious. Think that's kind I think of they're a concerned. And I think I think there's it's a message to us to have faith. That's what I think it is. Yeah, I, I, well, I tend think to it's agree. Kind of a threat to the Senate and the House for packing the courts. Pardon? You know, because uh, they're talking about packing the courts. Exactly. That's one of the elements of this. I mean, this is a this is like the last opportunity, the last stand where the Supreme Court has the most power they've ever had, and right now where they need the most power, and they should have the most power because how do they get that? How do they get that? Uh, that uh, ability to exercise their power, but from the people. And that's mm-hmm. what we represent. We're part of we, the people that can go directly to the Supreme court and bypass the 10th circuit with an emergency petition that they accept. So it's just an amazing mm-hmm. kind of ex- uh, a story about the constitution and its powers. When you've got, when you've got the executive branch and the legislative branch working against us, we can actually go to the, the third, the judicial, and they can do it. They yeah. can actually do it. So it's an amazing, this is going to be an amazing historical constitutional kind of a thing. The previous caller thinks that they can't do it. Well, they can. And if they do it, that'll, that'll, that'll create some whole new uh, legal uh, doctrine and uh, something for the history books. Absolutely. Well, Lloyd, I want to tell you something, man. Thank you so much. And God bless you and your family and, and you too, Zach, and everybody putting the good word out there. You guys are phenomenal. I've tried to get into your show a few times to chit chat. You know, I haven't been able to, but um, you know, it, this this is a historical moment. I'm not going to say. I mean, with my confidence level on a one to ten, considering you know things that have happened, the the bullshit with not seeing court cases in the past and all that. I might have. I'm at it like a five. I'm just hoping that you know they pull off the ten and out with the old. And in with the new baby. Right on. Amen. Right so, on. All right. God bless you yeah. so much. I'm glad so, you were hey, able to Zach, get in here. Up in Mesick, Michigan. Up in Mesick, Michigan, you old Michigander. And I'm actually <laughs> looking to migrate south, too. All Have right. a good one, brother. All Thank right, you brother. for taking my call. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. We've got one more caller on the line, Liana Wilbur. And uh, while we're waiting for Liana to come in, Casey Collins says, Lord, I pray a hedge of protection over Lloyd Brunson, his brothers, and all of their loved ones. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you. Do not be afraid. Amen. Thank you so much, Casey. And Liana, welcome to the program. Thank you, darling. I'm trying to fix it back uh kind of went away on me oh well it doesn't matter um so larry just stole a little bit of my thunder there with his question um i was going to come on and say that even if california and other states had this plagiarism thing where they could get out of their oath or whatever uh wouldn't that be unconstitutional and therefore repugnant and would have no standing absolutely and this could be retroactive because they've been protected by an unconstitutional law so their immunity would be would be stripped retroactively so this could open a floodgate of civil suits instead of attorneys and law firms directing you to a claims court uh, diverting from the court that can take you to the supreme court it would open up opportunities that have never been opened up before so it's really a demonstration of the first amendment uh, protecting our right to petition the government for redress of grievances it says no shall no no law shall be made that inhibits or prohibits our 
free exercise to do do that. So this could be a huge game changer right down to the local level. There are a lot of people, a lot of resources that want to do something and they don't know how to do it. And this would open up opportunities for them through the courts to hold a lot of uh, people accountable. And they need to be held accountable. Oh, they definitely need to be held accountable. And I hope the court does it since the military and whatnot still not standing up. But um, I, I've got some questions or some issues about it, because at first, when you were first coming out and interviewing about this and you said that they did take it and that uh, the lawyer for them did not file anything, a petition to it. So it would go immediately to the nine justices, correct? And they'll go behind closed doors and they'll just rule on it without any other converse about it, correct? Well, they, they could do that because it's an emergency. But the standard procedure, you know, would be the nine justices vote. And if four of them vote for it to move forward into a hearing, then that's what happens. But under Rule 11, we've been researching that the last time a Rule 11, a Supreme Court Rule 11 was filed was during the Nixon administration. So there's not a whole lot of experience since that. So I don't think there are any attorneys that could actually speak from experience with a Rule 11, except maybe the the law firm that represented the government in the Rule 11, a case having to do with the Nixon administration. So if they feel something is of a national emergency, it's like, uh, what are they going to do? Give up the whole country because it's constitutionally unsound to uh, protect our country? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, might be at the point now right where they, now. pardon? I said, yeah, but nothing else really makes sense right now with how everything's yeah. gone. I mean, look at how That's right. they but said the, we didn't have standing. But, right. but again, the justices... The justices are being challenged and threatened, and that's that's something to consider. But if justice is truly blind, they won't consider that. They'll go behind those closed doors. They will pull out their constitution, and that's what they will go by. They will take all their personal yeah. stuff out of it. They will take all the extra minutia out of it. If they are true justices that are blind to the actual well, circumstances you know, and you, only okay, focus on the okay, law. And okay, I don't want to take out okay. the hopium there. Uh, okay, hang on that, a second. Hang on, on a second. You're saying they're going to do this. What qualifies you to say that? Fraud vitiates everything. National threat yes, vitiates fraud everything. Yes, fraud does vitiate okay? everything. I'm so not the saying Supreme you don't Court have justice, uh, Stop it. I'm going to yeah. cut it off again. You're someone that wants that. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what they're going to do. Are you a lawyer licensed to argue in front of the justices? I mean, you're making statements you can't make. You know, you have an opinion. No, I don't want to. You know, it seemed like a really. Okay, you know, you now like I think you just person, don't like no. to be challenged because um, I put out your information. I gave out your letter last uh, Friday. I've been trying to get people pumped up about this. What are you it's trying to challenge? Like, tell mean, me, tell me, what are you trying to challenge? I don't know what you're trying to challenge. What point are you trying to make? No, you seem to think that I'm trying to challenge you when I'm not. These are honest. No, 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 no. And no, the you're law saying the justice is, is the law. That is the way it is supposed to be. You're okay, not you guys going to enforce it. Okay. Who's going to enforce the law? Zach, Who's going to enforce the justice? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> since um, they did that is the law. So you're going to go. What are you going to tell the justices? What the law is? You tell them what they're going to do. Okay, they've already ruled that babies are not human beings. Okay, how about that one? Did they follow the law there? Like you're talking about. <laughs> Look, I don't mean to me. I don't mean to be insulting to you. I really don't. I, I, I respect you coming on the show. 
but I don't, I don't think it's appropriate to just say, this is what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. And I I'm not saying what, what they're, they're going do. to do, but I know as a judge or a lawyer, you are not supposed to think about personal consequences. You're only supposed to focus on the law. And that's my point. Now, Zach. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Let, let me, let me address that. Let me address that. No, let me address that. Before okay, you go on, let me, no, hold it, hold it. Let me address that oh question. My God. You only have to think about the law. Well, that's what Mike Lee said. And that's what 380 others says we're going to follow the law but let me tell you something fraud and questions of fraud vitiate the law and you have to take a pause before you go head first into the law if the law if your interpretation of the law is going to destroy the country right it's it's a whole different situation than what you're explaining they can't just go in there the letter of the law you know this is what we got to do and even if the country falls we got to follow the law no it's not like that this is not a civil case between two people that are fighting over their boundaries of their yard no this okay, is about our whole about... damn country and whether the people exactly. are going to have yes. to exactly. so and take so, care of it or so, whether the actual so are... government is going to fix itself or not that's so what you're... this is about this is about every single you guys, branch you guys. of our government being corrupt as hell, including okay, saying that saying. illegal aliens might, who went and right. got their yes. free trip to Martha's Vineyard have more okay, standing. You're getting off track. You're getting way off track. Liana, yeah. you guys agree. You guys are actually on the same page, and it's yeah. just the manner in which it's he coming out. I think she's. Let me say something. I think she's suggesting that the that the court's corrupt and that they're not going to make the right decision. Okay, that's not what and I suggested at all, sir. You're not well, listening. Really, Maybe it's your iPhone connection. Zach, and let's finish this. Brother. No, I'm not going to. Okay, no, I'm, not I'm out. Talk. Have you're, a good yeah, night. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Go talk over someone else. Okay. Okay. Look, so I'm we're... the guest here. She's the questioner. She wants to turn in to be the guest. She wants to be the know-it-all and take over the, 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 the interview. Hey, sweetheart. Uh, I'm the one that's being interviewed here, not you. Okay. Why don't you come on the show and then I'll call in. Why don't we do that? All right. Okay. And it, we have one more caller, guys. If everybody can please just remain civil. If you have a question for Lloyd, then we'll go ahead and get that in. Uh, I need to say thank you to Ildi the Hun, who said AT&T took my unlimited internet and now I'm not able to attend the live shows anymore. Even if I did, my data would eat just one show and then leave me with no internet for the rest of the month. I miss you all. Thank you, RPGF. And then uh, a wait, a Wyatt for Jesus says, please pray for this case. It has God's hand all over it. Miracles from the beginning. And, uh, you know, although I understood what Liana was saying, I mean, I think that you're right, Lloyd, we are in uncharted territory, and we've gone through a number of different experiences where, despite what the law said or what the evidence stated, uh, you know, people have proven that uh, maybe that really doesn't have any any bearing on what is actually going to take place. But in this instance, you know, based upon yeah. what, what, you're, what you've presented, I mean, you know— there is a logical conclusion that should be reached, and the question is, are they going to or not? Well, and there's no precedence for this because mm-hmm. this is unique. Like I yeah. said, it was back in the 70s that, that a, a Rule 11 case, and this is a Rule 11 case. So there's no one alive, and there's definitely no one coming on this show with a question that is qualified to, uh, to give any kind of characterization of this type of a case. Sure. Because it hasn't existed, it's a whole new. T- so, so to so to just talk a bunch of bun- about a you know a bunch of stuff ha- relating to other cases that are more common, it's not a, you know it's, it's not applicable. Sure, I understand. This is really saying. bizarre. I mean, think about that. They accepted this as a national emergency case. Why yeah. did they do that? They you know according to her, they would have just uh, just tossed it, not even let it get docketed. It's like no, go get a ten circuit court decision before you come here, right? When they've done that. 
it's significant. Certainly significant. All right, caller, you're the, you're on the air and you're the last caller of the night. What's your name? Hi, my name's Linda. Hi, Linda. I, I just I love you both. Thank you so much. And I thank you. I had to call in and I'm just thanking the Lord uh, for this. I'm very excited. I'm as excited as lawyers and I think miracles are happening. So I went, Lord, I'm so excited. I'm just going to open. I'm going to read my Bible anyway. And I go, I'm going to open it up to my trust um, bookmark. And I opened up and it's John 15. And it says, this is the NIV version. It says, the vine and the branches. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. It's man remains in me and I in him. It's all about the branches. And I think our branches of government can be cleaned up. And I'm just so grateful. And I opened up to that Amen. Um, paragraph. That's, so it's beautiful. I love you both. And, I love um, you too. That's totally John, applicable. John. Yeah, branches, and they and, and they got to clean. We got to stay in Him, and He's in charge, and as the Lord, and this is this is a, a miracle. I mean, our country could be saved, and I truly believe that. And Lord, whatever happens, thank you, thank you so much, and I'll, I'll leave. All right, <laughs> thank you so much for your call. I appreciate that. It's a great way to end the show. Yeah. All right. God bless. Thanks we'll, so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right, before we end, let me just say the the final thank yous here. I need to say thank you to Eve for America. She said, my show last night with Dr. Longa was amazing. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Much love. And then Kelly said, I uh, really appreciate you, Zach. In my darkest hour, uh, I listen, listening to you has given me hope. Proud friend of Bill's. God bless you, Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly. And then just want to make sure there's nothing else over here. Nikaz said, I missed most of the live streams today, so I'm going to go back and watch double time. Hope that you enjoy it. There's a couple of uh, contentious calls at the end. Thank you to Sean Joe. Thank Thank you to Casey and uh, McDewey says, great guest. I wish Abe had come in better. He had good points. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Loy, at the, uh, go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a little quiet. So did you get another call? Yeah. Let me, let me mute you and unmute you again. Let me see if that works. Okay. And actually, it's asking me to ask you to unmute. Did that work? No, not quite. Not quite. Um, hang on. I, it, it sounds like somebody's calling you again. Yeah, I better go. Okay. Well, let's. Let, I just want to say thank you very much for being here, and uh, we'll stay in touch, and I'll get a book, and uh, we'll, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great night, Lloyd. Appreciate it. All right. And, gosh, I know that everybody's hearts were in the right place, and uh, unfortunately that just happens sometimes. Personalities conflict, and uh, people... Uh, Get their points crossed and, and mixed up. Thank you to Liana. Thank you to Abe. Thank you to every single person who called in tonight. I really do appreciate it, guys. Uh, let me go ahead and dump these gold pills over here on the foxhole. And uh, I want to appreciate uh, all of you for being here. Thank you very much. If you're still over there on Rumble, we got 3,000 people watching, 774 Rumbles. Just hit that plus sign. It's free. 
It doesn't do anything. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. All it does is let other people know that uh, this is a, a show worth seeing. I think this is a show worth seeing. Despite the uh, personality conflicts that we have, this is good information. Uh, whether or not this case uh, gives us the outcome that we're hoping for, a, a complete changeover in the government or holding certain people accountable, uh, I think that it, it has the potential to open minds uh, and to get people involved. I want to hear from every single one of you guys, 3,000 people on Rumble. I don't know how many people over on Foxhole, uh, probably 1,000 people over there on Getter. Send that letter to the Supreme Court. Send that letter to the Brunson brothers. Send the letter to me so that I know that you guys are following through. Thank you very, very much. Casey Collins, one more thank you. God bless you, Zach. You're such a good man. Thank you to everyone for being here with us tonight. Good luck and God bless. I'll see you Monday.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.